on Twitter, the mm-hmm. hot dog race, the hot dog derby Twitter page. And they were just like, Andre not. And the picture is like him having like a bat, like hitting like mustard. <laughs> it's the funniest shit. The hot dog race has a Twitter page? Yeah. Yeah, they have their own like social media account and, and like a decent following for it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, people love the. I'm really the hot doing dogs. something wrong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 13,000 people are like, we want to pay attention to the game within the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No one will listen when we have like an interesting guest on, but. God damn, if people dress up like mustard and ketchup and just run around for a little while, I will follow that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> makes you feel really good. It, it really does. Make makes uh, this business be like, uh, you're like, hey, I, I chose the right thing to try and entertain people with, you know, compelling, interesting things. And, and it is very much that. They're like, oh, there's this new TikTok dance. And it's if you do it, you get a million views. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like, it's right, lit. Eh, eh, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. you've been, how long have you been doing comedy now? 17 years. 17 years. Yeah. So 17 years, obviously, you're trying to build a yeah. an audience. Yeah. And then someone dresses up like Relish and surpasses you in terms of followings. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I can't blame him. Relish is good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I've heard of Relish. Relish everywhere. Like every, Shout out to Relish. Anywhere you go in the United States, people have heard of Relish. Whether they like it or not <laughs> is the one thing, but they've heard of it. It's a so. polarizing yeah. figure. It's yeah. a very yeah. polarizing figure. We all figure. know Kuta Kinte. We all know Relish. <laughs> what we a weird all. comparison. Yeah. yeah. I'm not not sure why those are the two that were in your why, head. Why, but, would, uh, why, why is that where you? I went? didn't do rule of three. It's because like the, everyone rule of knows, three is when people you think, die. You think he, well, <laughs> it's the, with jokes too, but oh, also jokes. But okay. but also Kunta Kinte. We all know Kunta Kinte. We do, but I, everyone does though, right? I don't think so. Like Oprah Winfrey or uh, yes, Oprah Winfrey would or, know. Or, but or I, I wouldn't. Carlos wow. Mencia. At, we all know it, Carlos Mencia. You just let me know yes. if you want me to start over. <laughs> Let's start over. I don't know where this Kinte. is going. <laughs> I'm thinking like something very common and yeah, like a household item, <laughs> like salt. Pap, you're thinking the food. I'm thinking just like mo- like things that every like everyone knows Charlie Sheen. Okay. Everyone knows. I don't know if everybody knows Kunta Kinte though. I think there's a generation of people that don't know who that I is. I swear, like people know Chappelle Show. I can walk out. I bet, you, I bet you most people under 20 don't know who that is. Dave Chappelle? No, Kunta Kinte. Oh, no shit. Well, they need to get educated. I'm sure. Yeah, for sure. Is that why they're, you they're know too busy on the relish Kunta page. Kinte? Uh, that's Chappelle how I first show? discovered when I was like 12. I was like, oh my God. I was like, Rude, that movie looks awful. But Dave Chappelle makes... <laughs> He's like, just give me back. <laughs> like, there's like the cut scene. Yeah, the cut scene like... Jumps down and starts trying to act like he's gonna fight the actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we just watched his stand up last night. He came home after a session out in Gordon Square and then came back and lit up a little bit and then got more lit up a little bit and then finished that off watching that. Well, I fell asleep watching it. What's special? Uh, I think it was Sticks and Stones. It's a great one. Yeah, yeah I really like the one a lot. I've probably seen that three or four times. It never gets old. I, I got really uh, like They put them out on vinyl, so I grabbed them on vinyl. Oh, yeah? Like yeah, the, cool. the like. The last three that he's done, the ones that he's done on Netflix, yeah, I think are all on vinyl. So I, I, I picked those up, and I was looking through my vinyl today, and uh, it's like that one's still in the wrapping. Like I haven't even opened it up yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're just never gonna open it up. No, yet. I'm gonna open it up. I just I'm like because I, I, I shopping is how I dealt with like shopping online. I think a lot of people did that when it was like peak pandemic. Yeah, and so if I saw anything that I was like I've always wanted that or I it, it's just somewhat interesting to me, I just bought it. <laughs> and it was very irresponsible, but uh, yeah. So like, I ended up with a whole bunch of vinyl and a whole bunch of shoes. Like a <laughs> that's lot. all it was. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Just... Well, other people got divorced and got hooked on drugs. So I mean, in the grand scheme of things, I guess this was a healthier addiction. Yeah. yeah. And my, I didn't get divorced, but I did just go through. I'm like 
just broke up with my girlfriend like a week ago. So you know, I'm I'm there. I'm, I'm getting it done. <laughs> Bill's got seven more vinyls. Yeah. <laughs> They're on their way. They're in the yeah. cart. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, so Bill Squire, guest today. Thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for having me. I'm glad I was able to do this. Uh, Brian had asked me about doing it a few months ago and like yeah. our covid restrictions for work were so ridiculous that they're like if somebody breathes on you you have to stay home for two weeks and i was just like <laughs> i'll wait until they lift things up a bit and then and, and so now that people are vaccinated and they're you know saying like you don't have to wear masks and stuff it's it's nice to be able to go out and venture no that's cool he, yeah he mentioned that I, it was probably like at least three months ago yeah. and i didn't even think about that like you for what you were doing at iHeartRadio, yeah. you you yeah, got really going be, into the building. Yeah, you got to be yeah. careful. Yeah, yeah. you're going into the building yeah, still. So you're going to the building. You're part yeah. of a very small population who's actually still going, actually right. going into work. Were there like other businesses in that? Because I know the building you're talking about. Yeah. So there's there's like a T-Mobile's like corporate offices there. There's like a mortgage company there, and then there's like a bunch of other like smaller businesses that are there. And for a while, nobody except us and like a few employees of the other businesses were going in. Yeah. But now it's starting to like come back and we're starting to see people in the building again which uh we're only there for a few more months and then we're moving downtown which is gonna be awesome hell yeah you know, like being downtown like right by uh like corner alley and all that stuff oh okay like, right on euclid yeah i worry about like because i used to work downtown too but then that's done yeah and i were i wondered how much how much of downtown is like because i don't really go down there anymore yeah. unless yeah. like for a show or something well but. you saw it last night like it, it looks back yeah, like, it looks good everything it? was every like I, I walked outside hilarities and east ford looked great hacked it's like the second someone said june 2nd june 2nd was the next day yeah, yeah. like it's not it may is not even done with <laughs> that one's like no i mean it's, it's pretty much over now so let's fucking go let's just start making out with strangers again yeah I... <laughs> let's do it I, it was more like the. Uh, I, I guess I was. I'm not surprised. I guess terribly at that. I was more in terms of like like where I worked. It was it was kind of a business district. It was off 12th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, kind of close to the Brown Stadium. Yeah. And that's all just kind of corporate, you know, businesses and things like that. I and and since everything happened, everyone went home and like me, my wife, a lot of people I know. Now they're like, you're just working home permanently. Now you're never going to go back. Everyone's trying to get out of their lease. I wonder if that's going to be kind of. That's why they were able to move downtown. Oh, because it's cheaper now. Because they're like, we need to get somebody yeah. down here, and uh, our, you know, they they're like, hey, what are we paying here? Should we move downtown? We have this opportunity. We're redoing all the studios anyway. Yeah. And so they made that choice to to move us downtown, and uh, I'm I'm super excited about it because it's just gonna be, like, we're gonna have a street level studio where you're like, people will be able to walk by, especially like when there's events going on, when there's like an Indians game or when there's, yeah. you know eventually calves are good again and people go go downtown for that stuff it'll be cool to see that like uh, you know that kind of chaos that happens that in that area because like i said we'll be right by east fourth on euclid uh and just be like in the heart of it all so yeah nice i was wondering why it wasn't there earlier Cause... uh because people in the business made choices you know so like yeah. they were they were downtown they're like in the tower city for a long time and then in you know, around the year 2000, everybody was making a sprint for the suburbs because they're just like, well, you know, these there's not a lot of businesses down here, and it, it was it was pretty bleak. Yeah, if you remember, I mean, you were probably eight. Yeah, like 2000. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, no, I was six. Yeah. I was born so, But you remember yeah, I had like no idea like I, 2000s it, Cleveland was pretty. Bleak. It was it was bleak. Yeah, it, yeah. it was it was kind of. 
I, it's the, the, the cycles that it's kind of gone into, you know, and a lot of it, I, I think, had to do like when LeBron ended came. up playing with the K. As soon as that yeah. happened, I mean, just more businesses came, more people came, people mm-hmm. wanted to, people wanted to live downtown. Yeah. I mean, it used to be like when you would walk down by like where like Panini's is, yeah. like kind of like, or like around their downtown, that used to be like Panini's and then a bunch of empty like storefronts and abandoned buildings. Yeah. And now... There's a lot of stuff down there. I yeah. mean, and it's it's really and it's stayed too. That's actually the the, the most right. important part. Right, it's been part. nice to see like it actually sustained for a while. Yeah, and you know, there's always ebbs and flows with it. Like you know, LeBron leaving and coming back, but I feel like the city finally got on board. Like, oh, people want there to be. Yeah. They don't care if there's a basketball player. They'll come downtown because it's nice to go downtown. Yeah. on a weekend or yeah. if there's an event. And now they have that whole uh, plan that they're laying out where they're trying to build this uh, like area over the shoreway to connect brown stadium and if they get that done that'll be incredible oh yeah did you see that yeah 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 yeah. i've heard i saw a couple articles about it and i think there there was even someone may have even posted something like what it'll like a a rough what it's going to look like and kind of how how it's going to function and it's pretty awesome it's gonna, if they are able to pull that off off, usually that it's a like a pretty pie in the sky Sure. Uh, yeah. Dream, and then when they actually do it, it'll, it'll just be like some planks over the highway. And like, Come on, wait, you got this cool yeah. new area. <laughs> I mean, it's it's a rough draft, but it's functional. Yeah. Go ahead and try it out. It's gonna, you know, you know, and we save some money. <laughs> it's peaking when there's a bunch of like drunk twenty-two-year-old girls like almost falling on the planks. <laughs> That's when it's peaking. You're like, this Browns game is so fun. We didn't even go. <laughs> just getting wasted. No, it, 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 that's. It's funny because yeah, because you you wouldn't remember that, but I remember coming down here for like games, like when I was like younger, or like I would drive up from like Akron, and uh, it just wasn't the same, you know, like like it is now. Like what bars were there? Like like ninety five, like when the Indians were hot. Like I just heard. Stories I mean, about, I was, well, the flats, the flats yeah, were the flats completely is where everybody different. Would go. Yeah. yeah, and so yeah, like we would go. We didn't go to a ton of games, but usually if we were going to a game. We were going to the game and we were going home. Yeah. Like, it wasn't, like, a day out. And then, like, mm-hmm. when when I was old enough to come out here by myself, like, around, like, 2000, like, late uh, 90s, early 2000s, I'd go to the flats and, like, that was even on its way down then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah. <laughs> when I was going to the flats, like, in college, it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't had those lows. <laughs> yeah. It's just When like, I was, like, 21, I was like, oh, yeah, everyone's going to West 6. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't have that. You I didn't, didn't have, have the ghost. The, the, I just had those bad alleyways that someone's like, don't walk down there. I was like, it's cool. They, they were all bad alleyways. There's a casino in a couple years. <laughs> there wasn't a good... <laughs> There wasn't a good like Huron was a bad alleyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there were no yeah, one good of our main streets. streets yeah. Even the main streets yeah. were still bad streets. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, no, don't go down there. Like, how do I get home? I don't know. You live here now. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it was, Wait it was, till yeah. the sun comes up and then make a run for it. Yeah. <laughs> if you see a if you see a police officer, maybe you know, kind of you know, tap it. But you won't because they don't come in this area. Yeah. <laughs> they don't. don't but like now, it's them. funny you said because like, that is what it was. Like you go to a game, but you go to the game, then you leave. Now, and we were just talking about this today, just going to a tribe game, but we're talking about making, like you said. Yeah. Make, make a day, a day of it. Of it. Yeah. Get some breakfast, go to the game, hit up some places across the street, mm-hmm. maybe get dinner, and then like you're out all day because you're you're actually because of the, the the downtown like lifestyle now and like the atmosphere, you can plan a whole day yeah. about doing so. There's so much cool stuff down there, especially when it's nice out. Especially yeah. Yeah, when it's nice out and like you can, you know, go to like you do a little pregame like Thirsty Parrot and then yeah. you know, you, you eat at the track and even like the the foods improve so much at oh, like yeah. an Indians game and just, like they've made the fan experience so just it's just higher quality now that yeah. you're actually like 
like you can make a day of it like with somebody that doesn't even care about baseball at all you like mm-hmm. you'll have fun right and then they'll be like and, and now i love mustard and yeah. mustard's my are they on social media i'm gonna follow them yeah, yeah. and we've come full circle bill yeah. thanks for coming in yeah. <laughs> so bill yeah the only thing they haven't figured out is to stop putting the condiments outside the bathroom i still yeah. don't understand yeah. that. i like that well have, have you been to a game since uh this no, season yet? no 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 so this year it's all like condiment packets Okay. So like you just so it's safer. It's safer mm-hmm. and uh, like honestly, that makes me happy because you know no one's ever cleaned any of those condiment pump machines. Like, no, it's, they I don't think, get paid enough. Yeah, that's so I feel like it's a better situation. Just be like go with the condiment packets. Let people you know grab a couple and then move on and then not you know cause some bottleneck over yeah. here where people are trying to get relish and mustard and <laughs> yeah i mean i assume we were talking about relish today just not as much as we are i know it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, i assume it's it's i assumed yeah. it was gonna come up I, we, guys let's talk more about roots okay <laughs> you know <laughs> you're right i don't think that we talked enough about kuntuk no we need to educate the tiktokers <laughs> no it's yeah that's a it's really funny when you think about like the last like because i'm 43 so mm. the like the going to games as a kid when, in Richfield, and then when they started moving down here, and then what it's yeah. like now versus. And oh, I, going I, I to think games at Richfield, state. like there, there was literally no options. Oh yeah, like it, it is the stadium. It's the it's the Richfield Coliseum. You probably never never even got there. I heard about it. It was it was it. I didn't even know where the fuck it was to be honest. Richfield. Yeah, so I grew up in Medina, in Richfield, and it was like really close to our house. I honestly like it was like it was like get, halfway between. Yeah, Akron we got on two seventy one and be there yeah. in like twenty minutes. Wait, is was... Richfield by the fucking uh, where the concerts are? Blossom? Sort of. Yeah. It's a little more north. Uh, yeah, a, a little. Oh, are you from Cleveland? I I, I grew up in Medina. So. Okay, so then then yeah, then, yeah, because like, I grew up in West Akron, so yeah. it's it's similar. Where I think Richfield, the the Coliseum was actually closer to Akron than it was to yeah, Cleveland. absolutely. And that's yeah. why you know Steph Curry was born in Akron because his dad played for the Cavs at the time, yeah. and they all lived in Bath. And that's you know no shit. that was like the the it was the fanciest neighborhood that was closest to the stadium or the, the coliseum. Still is too. Yeah. Every time <laughs> I go back to Akron, I'm like, wow, you guys refused the change. Yeah. <laughs> well, wasn't that original stadium like breaking down and shit? Oh, you're talking about uh, municipal stadium. Oh, I'm talking about municipal then. Yeah, I, I mean, I've heard that, horror stories well, it's about just, that. That's kind of how stadiums were built. I mean, it's not like it was breaking down. They just didn't. They didn't build them to try and impress people. They just like. Can you sit on it, and will you be able yeah. to, you know, be here? Then, yeah, then you can watch a game. It was only about what was happening on the yeah. field. Yeah, okay. And Are the baseball dimensions yeah. accurate? Right. How many seats? Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> but now it's like you got Michael Simon restaurants right. inside the, which is why it's more of an event. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm that dude. I don't really care about baseball at all, but I yeah. love going to games. Right. I love hanging out outside. You know, we don't even get seats. We just get those those uh, oh, the, yeah, those the, hangout tickets. Man. Yeah, those are the, the best. Called? The standing room, corner alley. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That, that's that's all. I there's two. Do. I didn't realize the like. There's until... the home run porch, and then there's the other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I like though. It depends on how what mood I'm feeling. I was like, all right, do I feel like hanging out right by third, or do I want to hang out by the bar and just get way as way? Yeah, possible? I like to hang out by the bar and then like at least have some shade. Mm, yeah, and then just yeah. like no shade on the other side, and just wait for people to like all, like realize that other people aren't really watching the game and like and just like hang out and talk with people and yeah. like and that's so, all it is. It's it's it's, it's a nice. it's a happy mm-hmm. hour that happens to have a baseball yeah. game behind with it. ten dollar beers. <laughs> yeah, so, like, <laughs> I mean everybody wins. <laughs> I used to bar. I like so before I started doing comedy, I was I was bartending. I was like, okay, I'm gonna start. 
I'm going to work at a bar, make money, and then I eventually want to do stand-up, you know? So I'm following that, and then I end up going to uh, Indians games with a couple bartenders. And that's right when Corner Alley, like, I think yeah. Corner Alley's like 2015, 2016, 2016. When they started doing that, yeah, around then. Yeah, so I, I was working at the bar, and I was like 20, I was like 21, 22. And I think they just call it the corner. Yeah, I think, yeah, it might just be called the corner. But we would go there, and then I just realized that, at, like, every time I would go there, it was just like 80 bartenders in the area. Not giving a fuck about baseball, yeah. and they would just go get fucked up at the bar. And I was like, "Well, let's watch the game." They're like, "No, why are we watching the game? We're playing the fucking Red Sox." I'm like, yeah. "I know." Yeah. I'm like, freaking <laughs> out. A bunch of bartenders that are like kind of hipster. Yeah, the hipster bartenders, and we just get fucked. And then I was like, "Okay, maybe I should do stand up because I'm starting to get drunk a lot <laughs> with all these bartenders." And now you're cured. Yeah, now I'm cured. <laughs> now I don't drink anymore. Stand up is definitely. Yeah, help the alcoholism. You, yeah, it that. has helped the alcoholism. It's got a little better. I mean, more you, control. Yeah, you've worked all your issues out. You're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I can't like. Uh, so like, I went to two of your. You just got done recording your album at yeah. Hilarities. Yeah, and recently. I, yeah, it went. Yeah, it went great. I went to two shows, and I went to the. I think I went to the. I went Friday and Saturday. I went to the first one on Friday. And you had a really and you had a really good set. And then mm. I couldn't like it was it was really good to the point I was like oh. Why does Bill need to keep recording more? But then the second one was like way better. Yeah, and it was just because I, I was sitting up top and the other. Isn't that weird? How it, like like the because I, I I'm with you. Like yeah. the first one was great. Like I could have just went with that one. Yeah. But the second one because I had that first one ready to go. I like what I could be a little looser and like more comfortable with it. And it and the crowd was just perfect. And so that's basically. That second show was what I'm using for the album. Totally. For, and uh, but yeah, it was it was incredible. Like in that whole weekend was like, I could have used any of the shows. They were all great. Yeah. But it's it was uh, just a you know it, it was such a cool experience to have people show up and and just be like as excited about it as I am. Yeah. I don't know. Well, you're a Cleveland guy. Yeah. And I think Cleveland certainly gets behind their people for mm -hmm. sure. And. Uh, Especially for something like that, I mean, like a yeah. like a taping of like a comedy album. Yeah, you, know, you hear a lot, like you see them on Netflix all the time. I've I used to see them like all mm -hmm. the time. Like uh, uh, the first time I like I realized it was being when I saw Eddie Murphy Raw, and in the very beginning he announces, "You know, I'm taping a special. You guys yeah. are all going to be in it. I'm the only one getting paid." It's like a second joke. He's like, yeah. "I'm the only one getting paid for this motherfucker." <laughs> and then that's I I never really thought about that. Like yeah. you know these have to be done somewhere, and then you start hearing about I think. Mary Santorum, because I know you work with Mary, her, Mary did, did one hers, recently too. She did hers in December. Yeah. So, I, so th these are just audio ones, though. Yeah. And we're gonna do like a little bit of like video uh, for promotions, but uh, so it's Helium Records is is the company, and they hit. They actually recorded, I think, four or five different Cleveland albums by Cleveland comedians. So they did one with me and Mary, one with Mary, one with me, uh, one with uh, Rob Ward, Mike Head. And I want to say they're Mike Paramore. So, like, there's five Cleveland comedians getting albums with this record company. And, like, that's yeah. incredible. Like, that's... It's not. It, it, it's weird. Awesome. It's weird because I didn't realize when I first got into it. I think I'm almost at four years mm -hmm. right now. And I didn't realize that you could... That there is a way to just, with technology and everything, just to live where you are. And still make a living, like, well, even it, doing stand-up. And that's never been more prevalent than now. Because, like, L.A., like, a bunch of comics moved out of there. Like, they, they went to Nashville. They went to uh, Austin. The, mm -hmm. You know, the, they, they just were done with that scene because they just needed a place where they can work on some material and then go out and tour. Mm -hmm. And so, like, why, why are we 
killing ourselves to be here. Like, we don't really want to be in movies. We don't really want to be anything other than just comedians. So why why are we in this thing, you know, in this really stressful environment where we can go someplace where it's a little more, you know, there's a lot of creativity that can happen and a lot of uh, just it's a little easier and a little higher quality of life because you're not in traffic constantly and you're not, you know, even though to us in Cleveland, you look at a place like Nashville or Austin, you're like, oh, my God, it's so expensive. But then you compare those prices to L.A. and you're like, oh, my God, it's dirt cheap. Yeah, it's, yeah. So. yeah especially like, uh, like uh, L.A. is probably the best. Not L.A., like California, I guess, in mm-hmm. general. But usually like places like L.A. where uh, there's obviously a big like comedic scene there. But mm-hmm. when you're – I mean, that happened not even just, like, in entertainment. That happened, like, in business in general. Yeah. I mean, a lot of businesses, you know, if you're not getting the benefits of California, which is the weather, you know, all the amazing places to go, the shows and all, all you're doing is sitting there paying yeah, 51% yeah. of, your, of your income yeah. is going to taxes. I mean, it's, right. there's no benefit. And they, not that I don't think, I think they were trying to keep people safe, but... They just never really opened back up. Right. You know, they were yeah. uh, they were still when everyone was trying to get things going again. Yeah. They were still just locked down, and everyone mm-hmm. like restaurants or something, and everyone's just moving out. That's and especially in a place like that, I didn't understand because you can do so much. You know, like there were guidelines out there. Like sure. you could you could find ways to open up. You could you could do spacing. You could do outdoor dining in a place like that where the weather is so kind to you. Like, I don't know why they didn't do more of that or, like, allow their businesses to do that. And then also, like, the way, like, which I saw, you know, they'd be like, oh, these movie sets and everything can, you know, they can shoot films and they can make TV shows and, like, they get a pass, but I can't open my barber shop like that's yeah. kind of fucked yeah. up yeah, yeah. I, have build a pa- I have to build a patio to cut people's hair yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know but i mean yeah that's a real thing and then they struggle and then yeah. you see like uh, a lot of businesses like like just moved out of the state mm-hmm. like they're it's a little scary out there in terms of like what can possibly happen like the like yeah. the, uh, the the tech companies are not going to texas they're going to tennessee they're going mm-hmm. to arizona because well like texas has no state tax so right one yeah. so there's god knows how many hundreds of millions of dollars they probably save just from that right but you know those you don't think we were just joking around about this because uh, uh for brian's uh ding dong landlord who i'm assuming doesn't listen so i'm fine saying this he does but he had a it's uh he doesn't think good he better not good shot <laughs> he better not that's why he raised the rent but it's bucks. uh what's gonna happen is like say say the taxes in california are 51 percent yeah the way they're gonna compensate for losing all that income from those businesses is just jack up the taxes more right and it's like now i really don't want to live here yeah, now i have and, to compensate and, and because you're also of a bad, stuck with yeah. all the you know the homeless problem is out of control oh, yeah. there. There's just there. You know, California's a place where people always told me it was great, and like I visited, and like I'm like it's a fine, but I never had the desire to live there. Me neither. I didn't like the culture of you know, you know, you talk about how people in Cleveland build you up, and that's you know, that's true. That that happens here. Like there's always going to be some jerks that are trying to you know, talk shit or be whatever, but it doesn't matter because. The majority of people are like, hey, you're doing what you want to do, and we're here to support you, and we appreciate it. Uh, and, and even, like, in the comedy scene, yeah. it's like we all want to be good. Mm-hmm. And so there can be little bits of drama here and there, but it's not like in L.A. where it is just, like, this machine that chews people up, and there's just backstabbing and, like, someone always looking for the next person to talk to because they don't want to 
talk you know yeah you know they're talking to you but they're looking around the room going who's more famous here totally yeah. and all that they're stuff. not talking to you yeah they're, they're, they're yeah. talking at you until in their mind something better walks exactly by. Mm-hmm. and so and, and there again there's been great comedy that's happened out there but just for me and like for my sensibilities it never was all that appealing to me and then like new york is different in that i like the culture of the of new york a lot but Every, the rigmarole that you have to do to yeah. go anywhere and do anything, like just trying to go to get groceries or something like that, it's so like you can't just go get groceries. It's like that's your day. That's your day getting groceries. <laughs> you like, go you, getting the groceries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Waking up at eight. You gotta take a half day of yeah. work to go get bread. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so and like some people grew up with that and like they're fine with that, but like growing up in the suburbs of Cleveland and things being, you know easy to do yeah i'm like i'll i'll deal with a little bit of bad weather if it means that i'm like comfortable and not in traffic all the time and not just like hating every moment of my life that i'm not doing i I, (laughs) just trying to get i agree on all that you know i I liked visiting california i really like san diego but nothing out there i was like i if i had to pick one of those great place to visit i really like we're going to new york next week yeah you know, we're and again excited. great place to visit. Great place, and yeah. actually, if I had to pick one of those, I could see myself wanting to live in New York. But mm-hmm. I think after maybe nine or ten months, I'd be losing my mind. One, yeah. I think the traffic would drive me nuts. But working from home, maybe it wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. It's the but the the cost. I remember the, the last time the we were there. Cost of living in like in such a small space. Yes, yes. Yeah. The last time we were there, I remember uh, we took an Uber. I think we were going. I don't remember where. We're, maybe we were in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but we were taking an Uber somewhere, and you know we start talking to the guy and. We're like from Cleveland, you know, we're just visiting. I don't know how we even started talking about. We started talking about the cost of living, and he made a joke. He's just like, "Don't tell me how much your mortgage is." And I'm like, "Why?" He goes, "Makes like, me sad." He's like, "I pay fifty three hundred a month," and I'm like, "Holy shit, how? sir? Yeah. Where?" And then he's like, "And it's like probably like nine hundred square feet." I'm like, yeah. "Either." Either you're stuck here for some reason, or you really don't understand math. Yeah, <laughs> probably because both. That's, <laughs> sir, you can take your fifty three hundred a month, and you could honestly buy a city block in yeah. Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> like even but, with, I know even with of, the way real estate is yeah. right now, you could do pretty well with fifty three hundred yeah. a month. <laughs> and I understand that obviously it's New York. I mean, yeah. there's so much awesome, cool stuff there. I mean, it's just it's a. I love walking everywhere there. It's great. I love yeah. like you talk about comedy. Like the first comedy show I saw in New York was just on a whim because mm-hmm. there's so much of it. We right. just Walked yeah. by, we walked in five dollars and five dollars. We saw nine comics, three of them I've seen on television before. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. That's just the way it is. Those right. guys on a Saturday night are everywhere they're just everywhere. trying out stuff. And, and so, it's yeah, they're, the culture and everything there, I mean, there's definitely a trade off for it. Yeah. And if you can, you know, you know the right person or you have like someone that is locked into a rent control place, then it, it is absolutely it's amazing. the best. But yeah. Yeah, paying fifty three hundred dollars and then having to drive That's Uber to lot. make the ends meet. Like he can never, he never even gets to go to his apartment because he's always driving Uber to try and pay for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's paying for. I'm fucking like, sleep. when's your shift done? He's like, yeah. it's never done. It's never done. <laughs> I work until. Yeah. I always work. Yeah. <laughs> they call me the night owl. <laughs> I am Uber. Yeah, <laughs> he's the Batman of Uber. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. I. Uh, I'm fucking. I don't. I don't know how you could do comedy for fucking how long you did, and not like just have those moments where you're like, oh my god, I'm fucking exhausted. Oh yeah, well, I had a long fucking week. Well, just I mean, going it, everywhere. That's something that comes with with age too. Is like you learn to 
compartmentalize okay. things and also just just set some some boundaries for yourself so you're not running yourself ragged you're like okay i can go work on this set but but i have to treat it like work you yeah. know you, you have to be like i'm gonna get in and do my set and get out of there i'm not gonna get drunk i'm not gonna stay out and hang out with all the comics all night which is fun to do and i like doing that sometimes but i gotta you know be realistic about it i'm not 25 years old anymore I'm, yeah. I'm almost 40 and so like if i'm working on material and, and trying to you know get better at something i need to treat it as like you know it, it's not the social aspect which i do love the social aspect especially like we have a great scene here in cleveland there's a lot yeah. of funny dudes and they, they, you are all fun to hang out with but i i also you know need to get to bed and like have a schedule and <laughs> yeah and just you know keep keep uh, those boundaries in place so i set normalization of it yeah so it doesn't take my entire soul and also when you're running a show that takes uh, everything to like a whole nother level because yeah. it adds all the stress to it too joe experienced that I, I we did a couple shows together yeah and i was like i was like hey joe running shows because he was like i don't remember what, what, was, you, what did was, you think when before like you ran the show like you're like oh it's when i ran the show i'm show. like jesus christ take five dollars a door everyone sit on yeah. fucking but i'm saying like before <laughs> like before you run the show it's probably like it's hard but it's not I, I i thought it, okay so in in the in this is because the first show that i ran it sold out really, really quick, and I did yeah. very, do very little work. So yeah. I was like, well, "This is fucking easy." Yeah, that was that was the wrong mentality. Because the, uh, <laughs> right, the second one, the first, the first one is so that yeah, we got like bold. A, we it's, got really, it's like going yeah. on stage, killing yeah. the first time, and then the second time, the first, it's a reality check. Yeah. The first, it's actually it's how I met Brian. Yeah. So the the we were doing a show, and uh, it's like seven comics. It was at the Bottle House. Like it was like sold out, like 120 tickets, yeah. 120 people. It was great. It was awesome. Um, so we're like, uh, the Bottle House guy came up because, I mean, no one goes to the Bottle House. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, they're I like, know, this is, we've, we've actually met our yeah. rent for the next four months, so yeah. thank you. And they're, they're like, when can you do this again? Yeah. They gave us a date. We're like, take it. And then we're like, let's do something a little bit different. So yeah. we tried to do a roast. It ended up working out. Yeah. But the amount of emails that I had to see and read and send, and then the dropouts of like, yeah. like again, I'm like... You know, he's like, hey, so-and-so had to drop out. I'm like, it's all right, man. No big <laughs> yeah. deal. And then I'm like, wait, it's a fucking roast. Everyone's roasting each other. Yeah, they know they who they're roasting. Who they're talking to. Someone yeah. dropped out 24 hours before. Yeah. Like, he called me, like, probably a, a day before. Yeah. And he was just, like, calm. He's like, relax. He didn't even <laughs> tell me the problem. Yeah. He, he first... I felt so mature. <laughs> yeah. You, you started off with relax? Yeah, I was like, he's it's like, okay. I'm going to tell you something. Everything's fine. I'm taking care of it. Everything's fine. And I'm just like, Brian, what? <laughs> And he's like, and this is 24 hours, like, one of the comics had to drop out. I'm like, son of a bitch! He's like, this is relatively normal. And I'm like, <laughs> we're and I'm all like, it's not losers. Yeah, yeah. We're, none of us yeah. can be trusted. Literally that, like, the L.A. party. Like, they saw something better came along, and they took it. Yeah, <laughs> and by something better, it was going to get drunk at another bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, well, then they're a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in my mind, I'm Who just like... Who is it? Call him out. <laughs> I'm not going to mention Dave Flint's name out loud, okay? <laughs> oh, I would have. <laughs> Because I was just like, I don't understand. He said he was going to do it. If it's Dave Flint, he might have went and got drunk at another bar and then still showed up and been like, I thought I was on this show. Yeah, that's what happened. 
Oh, well, you told us you could have made it. Like, oh, I was just joking around. Yeah, I was just goofing. <laughs> so I, I don't know. And then, but that's what it was. Yeah. He called me. He was just like, everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. I'm like, are you pregnant? What's happening? <laughs> Am I pregnant? <laughs> so then, uh, but yeah, and then you know, uh, James Brassfield stepped in and killed. You know, he was great. Uh, but yeah. I was just like, how is someone going to come in 24 hours notice and we give him someone like, hey, you got to, these guys, some of the other guys were wrote, were yeah. writing jokes for somebody for like two months. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh my God. And the show ended up going really, really well, but I mean, it wasn't fun. No, it's, it's, <laughs> and that's it because you're, like, you're trying to get people to buy tickets and like, especially when you start doing things yeah. consistently and you hit these summer months and it's just brutal trying to do anything inside in the summer with comedy because yeah. like people just don't want, like, so when you said that you did that show on Saturday at Hatfields with, people and people showed up it's like yeah. that's great because people don't show up in the summer like in night in places where yeah. like summer's sacred to clevelanders like we want to yeah. be able to enjoy the weather while we can we only got two good months of that. Yeah. yeah so why why <laughs> we have would 90 we days spend, to enjoy it yeah. you know, why would we spend any of it inside yeah totally. i saw a few like winchester had one was that a month and a half ago they had an inside one that, that they have one friday that yeah. was, yeah. I, was, it was but it was, it was oh you were there uh, the yeah. one it was you and the great marty Mal- i love that Martin. i just oh, love yeah, that he's man the best He's my favorite person to follow on like Facebook because he'll yeah. just be like, "The Soup Nazi episodes on Seinfeld." Like that's his post. <laughs> that's yeah. I just love that. That's all. Yeah. he's literally just he's posting what he's seeing with his eyes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like, I have two so he started comedy a couple months after me. Yeah. So I've known him for about seventeen years, and uh, he's like, like I've been on a journey with him to like the point where I've had to, you know, make sh- like take him to the therapy appointments, take him to the hospital, and like help him get out of a group home and all that stuff. like so i've i've been there for uh, a lot of his uh ups and downs but he's always been incredibly funny and so he was on my album recording and yeah. i'm hoping like they can use something like and and you know we put like a short album out for him just cuz he's so good yeah he does he, he, he deserved he marty is so fucking fun i was i was messaging him i was messaging him <laughs> and uh i out of nowhere i just was like hey marty are you still drinking pop and he's like, no. Yeah. And I was like, you back on the pop wagon? He goes, I'm drinking Pepsi and Orange Crush. <laughs> <laughs> I go, you tried vanilla Pepsi? He's like, no. I was like, you should. He said, no. <laughs> I was like, why not? He's like, I'm picky. He's so <laughs> and, picky. And then he's like, so you doing this show on Tuesday? I'm like, yep. He goes, see ya. <laughs> and I was like, I fucking oh, love he'll, those he'll little call me and, like, have like, It'll be almost like him seeing what's on TV. And he'll be like, hey, Bill. I'm like, what's going on? He's like. I just wanted you to know that uh, I finally watched the end of Suicide Squad and I liked it. Bye. (laughs) 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 Like, doesn't even wait for me to respond. (laughs) Just hangs up because he knew like he watched the first half of it at uh, Thanksgiving with us one year, and then uh, he he never finished it. And like he literally called like when he finally watched it, and he's like, "It was goodbye." <laughs> well, and his mind is like, just... "Well, that's all I had to say. Yeah. I'm done." Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't need to hear what I have to say about it. He's just like, "That's that." <laughs> <laughs> he was the first comic that I met at the first that that was going to be because he yeah. was one that was on the first show that I did, and uh, and you're doing it with Patrick. That's yeah, the yeah, old, yeah. The so old like, host on the, the show old host, before so, me. Yeah. So me and Patrick are sitting there, and uh, he he well, I didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, he walked up to me. He's like, and 
<laughs> he introduced himself, said something that I didn't understand, and then walked away. <laughs> and then I look at Patrick. I'm like, I don't think the show's gonna go very well. <laughs> so, uh, and then he gets up there, he, and I'm like, I was dead wrong. He was the funniest one by far. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was great. He, he just crushed. He was, he was. He was. He was. He was awesome. He was a lot of fun. So that set that he had uh, on my album recording, the Friday set. Yeah. Uh, his were like reversed. Like Saturday was good, but Friday was. Like you're saying, like murdered, like like to the point where him just going to get a drink of water had people losing their minds yeah. because <laughs> because of just how awkward and weird it is. But it was it was just beautiful, <laughs> and he did so. I mean, it was one of the funnest sets I've ever seen him have. That that was because Mary was doing brand new jokes. Yeah, because you and Mary are both. You guys obviously just record albums, yeah. so you're working on brand new material. Yeah. Now. And Mary did a good set with brand yeah. new jokes hosting, and it was fun. And then Marty went up, and I was like, "Oh my god, I don't like because he he has that confidence of not knowing he's confident." Yeah. Because he like kind of like does that like waddle shake. Yeah. And then he just just does. Hey, I'm Marty. And then just like grabs the mic, yeah. <laughs> like he's like he's pulling a woman by the back of the hair. <laughs> and he's, he stares at it in the eyes. He just says something fucked up, and then just stops. And then yeah, when he was drinking the water, because yeah. I start laughing. I was like, because after he did it the first time, yeah. I could tell Marty's like that. You don't know he's a genius, but yeah. he's a genius. Yeah, and he, I can tell he said yeah. he was just like, yeah, I'm gonna drink more water. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> It was so... Well, that's also something I've talked to him about, though, because like he'll go too fast, and so I'm like, use the water as a way to reset, yeah, and 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 don't let your words, you know, get trapped in your mouth. And he's like, oh, okay, so now that's why he does those like long, deliberate sips of water mm -hmm. because he knows that he needs to keep from getting, you know, because he can get a little mush mouth, yeah, sometimes. I like it when he. Uh, I like it when he breaks the fourth wall. Oh, that's the best. Like he'll say a, a joke, and the joke would be hilarious, and then he'll be like, "That actually happened." <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just be like, "I had sex with my coach," or yeah. something. I'm butchering yeah. the joke, but yeah. uh, oh, he's he's brilliant. He's so funny, yeah. and like, but we didn't know what to expect when he first showed up. So we're they used to do these auditions at the Cleveland Improv. They used to do a monthly like open mic or amateur night. Yeah. Uh, not open mic, but amateur night. And so once a month, they do amateur night, and the way you'd get on that show is by going on Mondays at noon and auditioning. And so uh, I go in there, and uh, we can wait. I'm grabbing all beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to be yeah. inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. It's so, not video, so. <laughs> uh, so we, I would go every Monday and, like, work on stuff. Like, I'd treat that like an open mic, because I'm like, if I can make... 12 comics laugh then i'm i got a good premise sure and so i would go there and do new material and one time we go there and there's this weird dude yeah. that's just staring at everybody and kind of quiet and kind of big and kind of intimidating <laughs> and he goes up and tells jokes and then we're like oh man this guy's so funny but he's so weird <laughs> and then we all we would go to lunch afterwards and he came with us. We didn't invite him. He just came with us. <laughs> he just he walked just, his way. <laughs> he just followed us there. Because it was, it was when the improv was in the powerhouse complex. And they had Rock Bottom Brewery upstairs. Yeah. So we walk oh, up there. and we're having about that place. Yeah. <laughs> and we're having lunch. And Marty's sitting there, like, across the table from me. And I'm just, like, so, like, uncomfortable. And he goes... 
I call Howard Stern with stock picks, and I'm just like, all right, I love this guy. <laughs> I, love this guy. <laughs> I love him so much. He's so weird. I, that's the beginning yeah. of the bromance because you guys yeah. got a total bromance. Oh yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I feel like even though he's 55 years old or whatever, I'm his big brother. Yeah. Like, I, take, <laughs> I, I take care of him. I've like I've helped him get a mattress. I've helped him move. I've, I've done everything that I can to just make sure he's got like a decent life and taken care of and takes care of himself. And I help him get jobs. I you know help him get cars everything that yeah. i can to, to just you know and then also i just like spending time with him yeah like I, I generally like like watching a movie with marty is one of the funnest experiences because it's like watching a movie with a child uh <laughs> that like you know he just gets so into it if he yeah. likes the movie now if he doesn't if he doesn't like the movie he does not give one fuck about it but like if it grabs him like when we watched the first half of suicide squad i'm like Eh, this movie's okay, but he's just like, that's Harley Quinn. She's the Joker's girlfriend. And like, explaining, <laughs> explaining it to me, like, I've not, I'm like, I know, I, I know all these things. <laughs> you guys used to have a really good podcast about that. I mean, there was, it was Netflix and Bill. Flix and Bill, yeah. Flix and Bill. Yeah, and uh, just with the pandemic, he, I, I, I mean, I still do that podcast from time to time, but I, I, I would have him on my podcast, The Bill Squire Show, too. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't had him on in a while, but I think I need to have him come back because. He just he's just so interesting and just his the way his mind works is uh, like no one I've ever met. Yeah, I've, I've never met yeah. anybody like Marty. Like yeah. I, I thought I've met a lot of people, mm-hmm. but then I met Marty, and it and he, you met a lot of people when you met Marty. Yeah, it, I, I did meet <laughs> I met Marty pre bad medications yeah, yeah, and now yeah. post good medication. So <laughs> oh shit. So back in like this is probably two thousand five or two thousand six, he won. Fifty thousand dollars on a scratch off lottery ticket, and so he was living large for like a summer. <laughs> like he bought a PT Cruiser cash, like, <laughs> and like, and I guess he didn't buy it cash because it did get repossessed. <laughs> but he, but he was just like he had all this money and was just doing like all sorts of like wild stuff, and uh, it was. But then he spent most of it on more scratch offs. And so that's what I was like, dude, you got to. I, I actually took him to the Jack Casino and made him ban himself from going there. I mean, I didn't make him. I'm like, we got to do this. And he's like, I know, I know. Because he, anytime we'd make money doing comedy for a little while, he'd go right to the casino and lose it. Yeah. And I'm like, you can't keep doing that. And he's uh-huh. like, I know. So I'm like, do you think it's time to ban yourself from the casino? And he's like, yeah, you're probably right. And so I, I'm like, do you want me to go with you? I'm like, oh. And he's like, yeah. And so I took him there, and uh, he, he just found the first person that worked there who was not who you, like, we could have gone to the, the desk or something. <laughs> but it was, just, it was just like, they were checking his ID, and he's like, I have to ban myself from here. Where do I go? And they're like, <laughs> upstairs. And then he just went upstairs, and the first person he saw upstairs, he's like, they told me to come upstairs to ban myself from the casino. And they're like... <laughs> It's over there. <laughs> but like, he's, he's so literal that if you say it's upstairs, once you're upstairs, you That's keep, you're there. Tell yeah. anyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. You mentioned something, and, and it's something I've always kind of wondered about. Like with, uh, and I, I feel like it would be harder because you said you got to kind of treat it like a job, especially yeah. if you're going to be in it for, you know, a long time. Seventeen yeah. years, obviously. I think you've at least kind of figured it out. Yeah. Um. Do you take like pockets of rest where you're just like, because I mean, I, I know it seems like it can get exhausting. Where you're just like, I just need like a month of just no stage, no nothing. I just got to. So I didn't used to. Yeah. Uh, when I got the radio job, that helped me 
because you know that that was my my focus so so i i focused on that a lot more and then after the pandemic here like you're kind of forced to and now you know i recorded this album a couple weeks ago and i've gone on stage just once since then it was on friday and and i don't have the urgency like i used to where i know that like I, i don't have to rush to get something else out i don't have to like i'm also you know i'm not a household name where if i go and do a show i can do the stuff that's on the album and most of the people there will have never heard it. So, yeah. like, I, I, and I also have a backlog of other material. So, I always have fresh material that I'm working on, but I always, like, I, I don't, I don't mind taking a break. Like, sure. I used to, I used to want to go every night and I, I worked really hard at that, but now it's like I can take a time off and, and relax and not feel that I have to constantly just be on the stage no matter what. Is it yeah. hard treating it like a job? Because there's not a lot of jobs where you're just telling jokes and drinking beer with your friends. Uh, yeah, it's in, that, that's the most challenging part yeah. of it. Because you can... There's a whole social aspect of stand-up comedy that feels like you're doing something right. Because everybody's like, oh, you did great tonight. And, you you, you know, and then like they want to hang out with you and you make friends and you, you know, get sometimes hook up with girls and stuff like that. So it feels like you're doing it. And when you go, okay, what are my goals? What am I going to do? And there's plenty of guys in town here that are like super funny, but they aren't focused and and they're not goal oriented where they're like, all right, so next thing I want to do is, you know, host hilarities. Next thing I want to do is, you know, get a road gig. And they, and so they're just worried about, I feel like more social aspects of it are just being, you know, just getting on stage once in a while where if you really want to treat it like a job, you have to set those goals and just keep, you know, checking those boxes versus just being the funniest guy on whatever bar show you did that night. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. It, but I, it's, because I know Brian's talked about that before mm-hmm. too, and because you know, a lot yeah. where he wants to be like in two years right. or by the time he's 30 or w- whatever that yeah. actually is. I do but say the, that. But it's kind of a, uh, you never finish a sentence. You're just like, I was like, I want to be By the time I'm 27, I'll, uh, are you hungry? Yeah. <laughs> in two years, I want to eat more pizza. Yeah. <laughs> They're very well. modest goals and attainable. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. but I mean, it's a, uh, it's, it's, cause, you talked about like you know the social aspect because you basically get off stage and then you're talking shop with other people who are doing right. the thing that you really love doing. Yeah, that's got to be hard to pull yourself away from and kind of say, all right, if I just made twenty or thirty or forty dollars at a show, I can't spend it before I get out the door. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like the, there's yeah, there's a budgeting. There's I yeah. mean there's and then also just the 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 way you have to analyze and be your your own harshest critic where you're like, okay, this is funny, but how can I clean this set up and make it tighter and funnier? And like, you know, there's guys, Dave Flint, we've talked about earlier. He is a brilliant comic. Like he's so funny. Oh, he's so good. But he, he's never had that direct, you know, line of, he, he like, I want to be a host at hilarities. I want to be an MC, a, a feature. I want to headline, you know, he, he hasn't had that, motivation and he's one of the most talented he's like, incredible you, you see i've like, heard that a few he's times. one of the most yeah. talented comics like he's one of those guys to where every comic needs jokes mm-hmm. i i don't know if i fully agree with that with dave no i agree so he doesn't really need jokes to go on stage he, he he'll just, just go on and figure it out like yeah. immediately and it's 
it's, it's, it's I, very, I honestly it's, think it's better when he doesn't do his material. Yeah. Because he's so good at doing the stream of conscious thing. Yeah. And just letting and, and reacting to the environment of the room and just being uniquely funny that it's 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 a treat to watch, yeah. but it's very difficult for a club to say, Okay, we can trust this guy to open a show. Yeah. And that's that's kind of his own like he's his own worst enemy in that way where like if you have a set and you do at the same time a club will watch you go okay well we see that you are consistent and we can use you but you never know like with dave he is consistently funny but it doesn't necessarily mean that he can go up in front of a crowd and as a host especially because that's how you start getting in work in the clubs and and make the crowd feel comfortable enough to laugh if you go up there and you're just talking about you know, because he, he's got no filter, and he might say some wild shit that they're not ready for, and it might yeah. be funny as fuck, but, you know, at the top of a show where there's a, you know, headliner they paid to see, it it doesn't necessarily set the show up for success. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. I've actually heard that from easily four or five different yeah. comics have said almost the exact same thing yeah. about Dave Flint. Mm-hmm. Just one of, and that's actually why I was kind of bummed. Well, for multiple reasons, when he dropped out of the show, I was mainly <laughs> pissed and freaking out. But then I, w- I wanted to see him because I still have actually never actually seen him perform. But yeah. I've heard that from multiple comics saying he's just so natural. Cody mentioned that to me, yeah. too. Uh, Cody Cooper, the real funny guy, too. Papa, yeah. Yeah. Papa Coop. Yeah. But he said the same thing. He's like, he's like, he's so talented, it's actually frustrating because a lot of us kind of sit down kind of writing jokes and the timing. Mm-hmm. And you can just hand that dude to Michael up there, and he's funny. And he's funny, yeah. Yeah. Because – and he and he's not just funny; he's interesting the way he's funny. Like he he'll say some stuff that I like. I'm like, man, that's like I've never heard someone approach this situation with that mindset, and it's refreshing. So yeah. he's got an inter- originality to him that's also unlike anything. But but it also without it being, I don't know. He's he's what's going to need to happen for him is he's got to be able to learn to bottle it and and present it so that he can you know get some work on it yeah well i i get it because it's like i i feel like i've grown up a lot mm-hmm. since i've not not as a stand-up but as a person yeah and 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 you you obviously you probably remember this from when you were young doing yeah. comedy because you're old now a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but when you were young i mean when it comes to the comedy scene i'm like the oldest pretty yeah much. yeah so, it, it, but but it hits the thing to where it's like, okay, so dealing with life struggles, dealing mm-hmm. with comedic struggles, okay, I'm gonna, I, they're they're gonna intertwine eventually. Yeah. Like I feel them, like they intertwine and they go back. It's kind of like a gene cell. Yeah. I feel like it's like Spider Man when he gets bit. Yeah. And there's that montage of like all the genes mixing mm-hmm. in and changing. Or like when like, Kunta Kinte had to Or yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. <laughs> like, I thought I could my throw Toby it back and my Kunta Kinte. Yeah, yeah. Kinte. I, don't know. I feel like I'm the Kunta Kinte yeah. of the Cleveland Cubs. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just they keep intertwining. <laughs> and that was the last episode. Yeah. <laughs> with Brian because. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> would you. 17 years, obviously, you've seen a lot of different comics come and go. Would you say that's that's a – to me, because I think it would have to be. Like, if I started doing comics, especially young, yeah, um, it's got to be hard to kind of pull yourself out of that social scene because it's a lot of fun. You're doing something kind of cool. Is that yeah. maybe the most common pitfall for, for comics, at least from what you've seen? Well, I think the most common pitfall is not being able to check your ego 
yeah. and do the things yeah. that you need to do. That is hard. That's to, constant too. To get to to you know get the work and say okay, why am I not working at clubs? Why am I not working the road? Why what what am I doing uh-huh. that's not working for these bookers? And so that that's something and just kind of having that ego where you're like, well, I shouldn't have to change. They should just see that I'm brilliant or whatever it is. Well, you know, yeah, that's, that's the worst way to think. I can already, yeah. I mean, I'm not in that position, yeah. but I could, I've been in that position. Yeah. So I was like, man, I'm so funny. Then I hit that reality check. I'm yeah. just like, well, something's wrong. And it, it, and it's not even a comedy thing. It's a yeah. life thing too. Like in order to get better, you need to improve and figure out those ways on what's not, well, how you're kind of hold, we're all well, holding We got to figure out how to walk the path too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's, totally. It's, it's not just about, I mean, Comedy is a business too, so it's not just about yeah. Who the there's a bureaucracy is. to it. Yeah, there's a, there's there's boxes you got to check, and like learning how to host a show is a really important thing. Like being yep. able to go up and and be you know kind of clean and and be able to, uh, you know, a lot of people will see the host of a show and they'll be like, oh, he wasn't very good, but they don't understand what the the role of a host is. You know, there there's sometimes where you're. The crowd is so tight that if you can get them to laugh at you at all, you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. And then if you can, if you get them to the point where they don't like you, but they like everybody else on the show, mm-hmm. then you did great. That's, that's your that's, because yeah. that's your role because that's your role, and it, and and that is a good way to check your ego. You go, okay, so how can I, how can I be, you know, the facilitator of comedy? And and when I was starting to host things. What I was told was treat it like it's your show, like you're Johnny Carson. You're coming out, you're doing yeah. jokes, and then you're introducing two of your friends that are gonna also tell jokes. And that made me that changed my mindset of me trying to go up there and steal the show and put my focus on like how can I make this a good show from top to bottom? Because uh-huh. I know the headliner, I know the feature are going to be funny, but I know that there there's ways that I can make the show more enjoyable. And easier for them if I do a good job as the host. Totally. And so I learned those those skills, and and it just comes in very handy because you know I'll still host at hilarities from time to time because it's a good muscle to keep exercising because yeah. there's so many different ways in comedy where you're going to need to to be able to just connect with the crowd even if you're in a different spot. But if if you're a good host, you know how to connect with the crowd mm-hmm. and bring them to you and let them know that you are in charge. I, I've been I've been dealing with that a lot because yeah. I've been in. I've been in the the hosting stage that you could call it hosting stage. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But I've been hosting a lot of like independent yeah. like, you know, shows. And and yeah, some of like I was running LVT. Like yeah. I got caught in that too, because I was like running a bar show. Yeah. And I was like, okay, my sets aren't funny, but I'm doing I'm, I could tell every time I was really funny on stage, it's an open mic. Yeah. There were open mic comedians after me. Yeah. They would all bomb and then I would have to bring the audience back and they come back. Yeah. It's either they love me or they hate me. And yeah. I was all going through that. Now I'm still going through it to where even last or last night I yeah. hosted Halffields. It was a really good like everyone told me it was a good show, and I was like, yeah, hey, I just didn't get as many laughs. And right. I but I know that going into it, like it, it, as long as they going laugh up at on the stage, feature and the yeah. headliner, and going on stage first is, is you probably won't get as many laughs as the feature and the headliner mm-hmm. because that that warm up is the most difficult part. Totally. And so when you learn how to do that and be able to get those laughs out, out the gate. That's when you know you're really onto something, yeah. and uh, and also like you get the crowd, you know, like the way Mary got the crowd pumped up for my album recording, yeah. it it sets the tone. Mm-hmm. And so like if you, when you know how to 
get the crowd to understand that they're at the show. You know, this isn't watching TV at home. This is you're at a show. Yeah. So your response matters to us mm-hmm. just as much as what we're saying matters to you. Mm-hmm. So if you like something, let us know that you appreciate it. And so if you can say that without coming off as a condescending asshole, yeah. which that's the <laughs> trick, uh, it, it makes for a really great show. Yeah. Do you think the 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 titles of the people at the show, like you guys, like yeah. host, feature, because I do think this. Yeah. For me, for someone that's not a comic, but has been to a lot of comic shows, yeah. and we'll see that, especially at Hilarities. Because I've seen you there. Yeah. I've seen Mary there. I've been to the open mic at, at LVT and yeah. seen every aspect of comedy there. Like, You've the been people, to Dina's? Dina's a good room. Dina's is a great... I, I, I love I that place. Dina's. Yeah. I love Dina's. It's coming back, too, by the way. But I, I remember, I remember <laughs> being at LVT, and I, maybe because it was an open mic, I don't know. But, uh, but like, the, uh, I saw a really uncomfortable bomb that mm-hmm. went on for, like, nine... Well, it's probably three minutes, but it felt like 20. But it feels so long. Yeah. It feels yeah. so long. Wait, where at? At, at LVT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But then I saw someone go up right before that person, and it was one of the funnier things I've seen in a while, and yeah. I wish I could remember his name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but do you think that the that there's like a psychological aspect in the crowd when they see the title of the person, like in terms of yeah. host? They're like, all right, host, whatever. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not going to laugh at something that actually is funny. And then yeah. they get to headliner like, this guy's going to be really funny because he's the headliner. Maybe they're just more open to laughing right. about it. I don't know. I, I, I think I think that does play into it, but I also think it's it's the precedent that the venue set. So yeah. Hilarities hires good hosts. You know, they're, they they don't always do the best, but you know they're at least trying in their in their in they're doing it. Now I've worked at other clubs where like the host will be some it'll be like a door guy that'll take his, you know, shirt off and then put on like a regular you know, they take off his uniform and put on a shirt and then go up there and, and host the show. And he doesn't have any, like, he's got no stakes in it. So it's it's not good. And that diminishes what the audience thinks of a host. Or sometimes there'll be, like, a radio guy that will host a, a night. Uh, and, you know, those those can go either way. I've seen him be, be great. I've seen him be really rough. But I think uh, it's, it's – and it's also how you carry yourself. Like, when I, when I host a show, I carry myself as – like like I said, like it's it's my show, and I'm presenting people that I think are funny. So my ego is in check. Like yeah. I still want to make you laugh. I still want you to enjoy what I'm doing on stage. But I want to, you know, I want to set the table. Uh-huh. I want, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, it's it's like being a point guard. You're like you're not, you're not there to score all the points. You're you're there to set everybody up. Uh-huh. You're there to kind That's of really quarterback the whole. The, the show. You know, I've never thought of it that way, but that, it, yeah. from what you described, it is. You know, the, the point guard is the one that sets the tone of yeah. the game tempo, and the, the host exactly. is setting the tempo yeah. of the show. Yeah. And I, I actually learned that. So there was, so you were running, you were before the pandemic, you were running multiple, you, you ran, I mean, you were doing the clubs and everything, mm. but then you were also running um, East End, and then you were running uh, Great Lakes. Yes. And those rooms were like very good rooms for like mm-hmm. right in the middle of the There weren't open mics. Yeah. They were at a bar. Yeah, they're showcases. They were in separate yeah. yeah, they're great showcases. And I learned a lot because I remember I did East End one time. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember this. This was like my first year in comedy. Yeah. I became friends with Josh Lawhorn. And Josh, you you know, Josh, I was younger than Josh. Yeah. And Josh, I was like, I came up with all these good ideas. Josh, like, yeah, you should do that. That's such a good idea. I'm getting all hyped up. And I'm like, yeah. And then. We did this wrestling theme for like Stand and Deliver. Yeah. It was a show. Do you remember this? Yes. It was bad. I yeah. this was the worst that I've ever had. And I'm so happy it happened. Because <laughs> I ended up like I had like a bad toenail. 
I had like a bad toe, and I like took my shot, my sock off. <laughs> and then <laughs> to showcase it, your toe. Yeah, like during it, and we're doing like like Randy. I'm doing like Randy Savage voice. And right before I was like, "This is such a good idea." <laughs> I'm eight months in. Hilarities, here I come. <laughs> I'm so pumped. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember doing it with my toe out, and the audience was just purely disgusted. Yeah. <laughs> and then after the show, like during the show, you're, you're, Bill's like hosting it in the middle, and he's like, he's like, honest, honestly, this is really bad. Like, and I've yeah. never heard that in a show. Yeah. And then afterwards, I remember I apologized, like, oh, I fucked up your show. And he was like, look, like, look, look, I'm, I'm not gonna give a lot of advice, but. Just the stuff you do on stage, and there's stuff you, you don't yeah. do on stage. And I was like, "What was that?" And he goes, "It's definitely something you don't do on stage." Yeah, <laughs> you don't do gross toe on stage, and 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 the reason is because that's a joke writing contest. Yeah, and yeah. so it became so <laughs> it you wasn't guys, a joke; it was just my yeah, toe. Yeah, so you guys tried to, and I and I, I appreciate the like creativity and and trying to have some fun with it, but yeah. it just wasn't like. Like people had come, like I said, I set yeah. the stage, I set the tone for what that show was. So exactly. like people show up, they go, okay, I know what Thursdays at East End is. Uh, we get the topics, the comedians write the jokes about the topics, yeah. and then we watch everyone in between, and you know they work on their sets and everything. Really like awesome show. So so it's a it's a very good show and it's a very structured show, mm -hmm. and so people would know. Was coming out. So then, when you spring this wrestling <laughs> thing on them, and it's out of nowhere, like with with no explanation, like, no, no, like they're just like, "Hey, rest, we're we're wrestlers tonight." And, then, <laughs> it was and it so was so bad. it was very bad. Uh, it was, not the not really yeah. the nudity people are looking for. No, <laughs> but it was what the point of that was. Those are one of those stories where like like that's a but good you learn, show. Yeah, and you learn. I remember the next time I went to East End, I did a very good job because I was like in my head, I was like, it can't get any worse yeah <laughs> it cannot get yeah. any worse and yeah no those shows were like those shows were a lot of fun yeah. like and, and they were again they were like because show but there are you know what i mean like there are showcases like that mm -hmm. and there's other showcases that are pretty much open mics right and that's that's something that i you know when i when i run shows i want them to be productive so you know that that's, goes back to me saying i'm gonna treat it like work mm -hmm. like i want if you're gonna do one of my shows Go on stage and and have a point to be on stage. Yeah. Have jokes that you're working on. Have a set that's gonna kill. You know, do this. This isn't just a place to come and hang out. It's a place to, you know, I, I wanted to treat my shows like stepping stones to get to hilarities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like if if I see that you do pretty well a couple times, I'm gonna say okay. I would like you to host one of my shows. And if yeah. I'm going to ask you to host my shows, it's because I want you to learn those skills that I'm talking about of being able to bring the crowd back and be able to connect with the crowd and be able to do all the, the different things that you need to make a, a comedy show run smoothly uh, and, you know, be fun for the audience. Yeah, totally. The, those, the, are, those aren't around that much. Like, those yeah. aren't, there's not a lot of, like, good, like, I would say Dino's well, that's, that's like that show, Well, that's the thing is because too, I've like, been doing it for a lot longer totally, than yeah. a lot of people, so I know, like... Sure. And, and I'm, I'm also okay, like... I wouldn't say I'm a mean guy, but if you go up and you ruin my show, I will tell you not to do. Like I, w I will, you know. I, I never had to really ban anybody, but there was definitely people that wanted to go up there and they wanted to, you know, they, they want to be edgy, but but they're not funny. And so I'm all, I'm all. If you want to say something, you want to say something wild. I I want to give you a, a respect, like a place where you can do that. But if you're doing it recklessly and just to try and make people upset and not be funny 
then uh, you're you're not coming to the right place. Well, yeah. and, and maybe uh, I, I don't know the intent of anyone that's doing that, but maybe they just they see like they see like an Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah, you know who I love, and, and exactly I yeah. love him. But no one can be like Anthony Jeselnik. But that's but, but that's, they can. But they but can. They, they yeah. can. But but he's but he also like. His, I mean, if there's a worse thing to say on stage, that he, if anyone said anything worse than Anthony Justinuck on stage, I'd right. fucking email it to me. Because he says things, but at the same time, though, I still, I never lose sight when I'm watching his specials that I'm watching a comedy special. Right. I think he's actually saying it because he thinks the way, the, the misdirection and you don't think he's mm. going to say it, it's still a joke. Yeah. And no one, he's a I, don't great think, joke, right? yeah. I don't think anyone takes away from that. Like he actually believes that. Right. But I, I understand what you're talking about in so, terms so of that. The, and that's a great example yeah. because if, if I see someone and I see that they're trying to do their version of that, where yeah. they're trying to like, they're trying to be, clever and write funny topics and, and, and push boundaries, I am absolutely okay with that. What I'm not okay with is someone going up there and being lazy and saying hurtful things and trying to disguise it as comedy, but it's really just them being like a drunk a-hole yeah. and just, just ask, act, like acting like they you know have already earned the... Like, Anthony Jeselnik earned the right through years and years of writing and performing to be able to say those things and have people understand the context of what he's doing. Yeah. But if someone's just going up there and they're just, you know, drunk and they're throwing around, you know, the R word or whatever and just, like, being like, what, it's a comedy show. You guys can't handle a little, you know, you're yeah. all a bunch of pussies if you can't handle something. Like, <laughs> that's not... Yeah. The, like, the, the, like, yeah. the intent there is just to be able to... is trying to... Uh, get away with something and i'm like that's not you're not you're not they're using it not, as a, they're using the show as a shield yes yeah. exactly they're, they're using not it using as, a, as a shield and as, as in their way as a way yes, uh, under the right. guise of a comedy show i can say whatever i want right. so don't get upset with what mm -hmm. i'm saying because yeah. I, I for that my opinion if someone yeah. does do that it's more of a i'm going to say this you know, and, it, and it's like kind of like a high risk, high reward type set yeah. where I'm like, okay, yeah. it's edgy and funny. I can make a name for myself. Yeah. And if anyone gets mad, I can be like, hey, it's a fucking comedy show. Calm down. Right. What did you expect? What did you think you were coming exactly. out to tonight? Yeah. And that's, and that's you know, and a lot of them, guys that would try and write that way would, would have that idea. But then you also get people that were just trying to be like super political and stuff like that. I'm like, I understand you care about this topic, but you have to make it. Funny. It needs to be a, well, you can't, to be you a, can't, a well written you, joke. Yeah, you can't first. just go up there and be like, police are all bastards. I'm like, whether or not they agree with you, they, they there's no response that they're going to give that's, you know, you, you have to you have to create something. If you watch a guy like Patton Oswald or you watch Dave yeah. Chappelle, you watch, they, they speak their mind, but it is a focused and well thought out tale that they're telling to get you to to understand what they're you know presenting and laugh at things that you're not necessarily supposed to laugh at so if you're trying to do that and you you have things that you are passionate about whether it's you know politics on the left or right i don't care but i need you to at least package it in a way that isn't just a rant or just a you know uh just a you being preachy that's yeah. a really interesting uh 
especially in the times now too, because if you look at look at the Oscars, look at the yeah. hell the NBA Finals, yeah, yeah. you know, look, look at how the ratings on those are plummeting. Like yeah. people just aren't watching anymore. Yeah. Now there's a lot of speculation behind why. I like people... how you like TV police a little bit. Like they're all plummeting. <laughs> Dude, no, be, no but, but they they are. They, yeah, they, are. No, they totally are. The the, yeah. the Oscars. It like was the lowest million, it's, yeah. it's ever been in its yeah. history this yeah. past year. The NBA Finals, oh, and I, I watched it. Yeah. I watched the last NBA Finals with the Miami Heat, and now yeah. I was it because I'm I'm a Jimmy Butler fan. Yeah, and I liked watching it. And then I find out it's the lowest of like the last twenty years. Now mm-hmm. there's a lot of speculation in terms of why that is. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the times the easiest thing during COVID to get rid of is your fucking cable. Right. You, you, yeah, want, yeah. you want to save eighty dollars a month? Get rid of that shit that you really don't need, especially with YouTube and all that other yeah. crap. Yeah. But I think, and you just mentioned in terms of politics, and 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 it's also you mentioned connecting the show, so it's all kind of related. Mm-hmm. That when somebody goes to a comedy show. A lot of times, like like same thing with ESPN. Like yeah. ESPN has been laying off people yeah. every four or five months for the last two years yeah. because yeah. no one's watching ESPN anymore. Right. Because I think people were using those things as escapes, and they don't want all that awful shit thrown in their face when they're just trying to see highlights of the Cavs mm-hmm. game. And maybe but, but, I'm, I'm but, not saying that they're not allowed or shouldn't be allowed, yeah. and they should, but that that's a risk, I think. I, and, and it is a risk, but I also think it's a thing, too, where uh, with ESPN and – you know, I, I like watching highlights, but I get highlights immediately. Yeah. Like, I'm, I mean, as I'm watching the Indians game, I can, they post the highlights. Yeah. So yeah. even though I'm not watching the Indians game, I can just check the score, get the highlights, feel like I've experienced the best parts. Yeah. And so it's just that we consume media in such a different way now, too. Mm-hmm. And, and But that also goes into why it's so important to package whatever your message is in a way that's going to be appealing to people and not just feel like you're... Being talked, talked at, at. Yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. As being, as and same thing you said. Yeah. At the end of the day, that like it should, if if you're doing it right, and if yeah. you want it to come off that way, regardless of your stance, left or right, mm-hmm. at the end of that sentence or the, the end of your punchline, I should understand that it was just a joke, right? Yeah. Not that it and, was a hey, believe what I believe or shit like and, that. And there's also, and, and again, if you want to talk about something that you're passionate about and make jokes about it yeah, too, hundred percent. Th- that's it's absolutely funnier. something you should do, and also. Totally. That's that's something that I hate the cop out that comics use where they go, oh, we can't talk about anything anymore. Where you know there's a bunch of you know people are too soft and, but no, you can talk about absolute absolutely anything. There's gonna be people that don't like it, and there's gonna be good ways to do it and bad ways to do it. So, I think if you you're really talented, you know, <laughs> Dave Chappelle comes to mind because he talks about trans people a lot. Yeah, and. Usually it's not the trans community that gets upset with him. It's usually somebody that's mad on their behalf, and they go, "Oh well, we heard that Dave Chappelle was," and then they don't even actually listen to the joke. Yeah. They don't listen to the context of the joke, and they get upset about that. Versus, actually, you know, and and those people are always going to be out there. They've always been out there. I mean, it's not like George Carlin did the seven words that you can't say on TV because he made them up. You couldn't say them. Like, yeah. You, you know. There's always going to be pushback to, to controversial topics, but it doesn't mean you can't talk about it. It means you have to package, you have to deliver it in a way that people are going to be receptive to it. And if you're just being lazy and just being like, well, I should be allowed to, you know, say racist jokes without any consequence, like, well, those aren't the times anymore. Yeah. You, you can talk about race, absolutely. A white guy can talk about race, but it doesn't mean you are absolved from the consequences of it so you have to talk about it in a way that is you know 
clever in 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 not just shitting on people and yeah. punching he, down is bad yeah, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and again that's and that that's a tough job for you guys mm-hmm. because it's because I'm sure that can be, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure it can be misconstrued though. Because yeah. what you said, because it just reminded me of something that I, I, I saw on maybe five six years ago. It was a, 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 it was a Jim Norton debate with a feminist on yeah, yeah, W. Kamal's. Uh, I forgot what the show was called. It was uh, a good show. I know, I know what you're talking about. I it was remember. a good show. Um, but but it, it was that. And um, mm. the reason that I remember that is because you were just talking about somebody that would like take a Chappelle joke and then kind of basically just read it, not mm-hmm. hear the inflection in his voice or the yeah. context or what came before or after it, just right. the part that they want to be upset about. But then they'll also ignore the other 58 minutes where he shits on other people because maybe they're yeah. like, yeah, but I don't care about those right. people. They'll be yeah. like, I think he's like, and that's what they'll say. Like, yeah. I think Dave Chappelle's funny, but this one joke, it, it hit close to home to me, so I'm not okay with it. And like, my, my son is transgender. He, he's born a girl, lives as a boy. He's... Like, he's had top surgery. Like, he's fully transitioned. Uh, just graduated from high school today. And he... Yeah. And so... Okay, guess. There's, you know, people that... And I talk... Like, I'm an advocate for trans rights. But that also doesn't mean that I think that everything... Every joke that's ever made about transgender people is something you should cancel them for. Yeah. Because yeah. That I think, you know... And, and sometimes that, that helps them be seen more. You know, that's something that... I don't want to speak on their behalf, but I just know that, like, I have jokes about him, but they're not, I'm not disparaging him as a transgender person. I'm, I'm just talking about the process that we all went through. Yeah. And so you get to talk about it and then it's, it's a more revealing process versus just being like, well, you know, take, taking the, the easy shots at people. And, yeah. And that, and that's what I have the biggest, like the, the easy shots are always good. Like that's easy shots are not for great comics if you want to be a great comic you're you're finding the back door on a topic that's going to make it uh just a little more interesting and make make it a little more thoughtful versus just trying to get like an easy laugh yeah it's the work on the, the work on the bit that's yeah. also well, that's just outrighting because you're outrighting the fuck out of it. like if, yeah. if it's something that t- if it's something that you do know is touchy mm-hmm. you're like if it's funny enough i'm gonna if it's funny enough what i'm thinking I'm gonna go down every fucking possible scenario I can, and then and then get rid of all the fat on what's not funny. And even with all that, you're still gonna make somebody upset, yeah. even if it's not a bit about something controversial. Yeah. I've I've made people upset <laughs> over different dumb jokes that I've made because yeah. people get upset because we don't know everybody's experience. And so when I do make somebody upset, I never go, "Well, fuck you," for not liking my joke. I go, "Oh well, I I never thought of it that way." Yeah. So. I, I actually appreciate the input. And it's the ego thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Take it I out, appreciate yeah. the input that, like, okay, I can see why this would upset you based on these things that I know now. Yeah. Does it always mean I'm going to change the joke? No. But yeah. it does mean that I have more, more of an idea of how to, you know, write jokes in the future, which, yeah. you know, I, I don't go up on stage to try and make people upset. I go to uh, on stage to make people laugh. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's fun to make people laugh at things that they're not supposed to laugh at. Yeah. And... You know, it's 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 a fun challenge. Yeah. Does anyone ever come up to you after a show and said something like, it had said something like, I didn't like that. I yeah, didn't well, like what I, you said. I had I used to have a joke that I mean it was a rape joke, and it, I haven't told it in a long time. But like everybody, like it would get a great response. 
and and I'll just tell you the joke, and it, it's I would say uh, it can't be worse than the Kunta Kinte thing. No, this is like when I was in my twenties, and like I was still like I'd say like I, I'm tired of girls saying that just because a guy's talking to them that he's hitting on them. Like I'm a nice guy. After shows, I like to talk to people, and I go up to these two girls after show a few weeks ago, and as soon as I walk up to them, I was like, hey, and they're like married and married, and I was like rapist so it doesn't matter <laughs> so so like <laughs> but it's like so over the top obviously like and, yeah. and like and it would get that kind of response where people go whoa yeah and so it got like a huge response but then one time a girl came up to me and she's like uh and like wasn't being a jerk about it she's just like hey i didn't like that joke and i was just like well i'm, I'm not really and she's like i know but like people have been through things and like so it let me look at this and I go okay well i i understand that experience now and it made me like reassess that so like i understand that i'm just being silly in that moment yeah but sometimes you're silly is somebody else's trigger and so just totally, being yeah. aware of that is yeah yeah but kind of counterpoint to that though yeah. then I mean, if it's just some people haven't, some people yeah. probably been through everything that you talk about on yeah. stage, and and some people have been through it and they and they love that show. Yeah, and so that's what you have to deal with is like sometimes people just are not going to like what you yeah. do. Yeah, and that's and that's if okay. If you're looking for a comic that's going to yeah. say something, 100 percent of the time that is not affect that does not offend or upset mm -hmm. anyone anywhere in the world. Right. there's not going to be a comic anywhere. Right, it's just not well, happen. Yeah. even a guy like Brian Regan, he's got a bit about uh, psychics. That he, and he goes, you know, he, he did it on Letterman. And he's like, I, I don't like to uh, say bad things about people's beliefs, but uh, here we go. And he talks about psychics. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he's like the cleanest comic you can get. But obviously, when he's tearing apart psychics, <laughs> there's a community of people that are upset. Well, psychics. you know, it's, 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 uh, you're, it's, it's funny you said, because, yeah. Brian Regan's a notoriously kind of clean comic. Incredibly if you want to call clean, him yeah, yeah. You know, he's not a guy. Yeah, he, I don't think it, I've ever heard swear outside of saying maybe like hell or something. No, uh, he's on the show Louder Milk and, on Amazon Prime, and he says fuck a lot on that show. And it's really? Kinda, it's kind of <laughs> awesome. I've listened to that <laughs> yeah. just to hear him say that. Because yeah. yeah. always Cause real... he's acting in that role, so you get to oh, see okay. him like in a different uh, light, and it's kind of it's kind of uh, neat. But it's but yeah, like he's he's not trying to make those people. He's he's observing things. And, and doing it like I was, you know, my joke is is a shock joke. Like you, you that's not what anybody thinks I'm going to say. So when I say it, uh, it's just like you go ho ho ho, and you have that reaction. And I feel like I'm a better comic now, so I don't need to write jokes that have that kind of uh, shock value. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it 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 would get like I told that joke for ten years, yeah. and I had two or three people talk to me about it. But for the most part, it was, you know, they, they understand the context. Of, and that's going back to, like, Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. Like, the character that I was portraying on stage allowed people to understand, like, I'm not really a rapist. It's just the most, the craziest thing to say to these women in, in the situation time, yeah. where they're completely dismissing me before I even get to have any conversation. Like, because mm. I'm also another guy that's like, if I walk up to you after a show... I'm not the guy that's like, hey, uh, when you want to fuck, like that's not who I am. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like a chubby 
a funny dude that's just you know smiling and having a good time <laughs> i'm not i'm not just trying to like pick up women like i'm not so like why would these women think that that's who i yeah. am like i'm not a fucking situation in there <laughs> but yeah so but it's pretty much just like all right yeah i think this joke's funny i don't find it offensive but if people do mm-hmm. is it worth it to be in my set and you're like no exactly and that's is, and, it, is it worth well, it and 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 for the the time that I was telling that joke back in, you know, that, that was like a 2013, like that's probably when I took it out of my set. Mm-hmm. It was fine to have for for the comic that I was then yeah. because it fit with a lot of the material because I was doing more of that shock style material, but it doesn't work with what I do now. It would be completely out of context for what I do now. Yeah. And so it would be like, what? Why would he do all this <laughs> stuff about how he's uh, doesn't want to buy uh, Himalayan pink salt and now he's <laughs> and then he hit me with a rape joke like that doesn't make yeah, sense yeah <laughs> that's a it's the the the, the example is funny because it actually again goes back to that jim norton debate that he had yeah. with that feminist on that show because his was i think his was i think he actually had made a rape joke too and he yeah. he'd said i'm not going to defend bad comedy but was my intent to be funny yeah and his was something like i was talking to this girl and I don't know. I can't tell if she was having the best day of her life or just got raped in a porta potty. <laughs> you know, and, and that was his joke. And then they kind of just clashed right, yeah. about it. And uh, but and it's Jim, also Jim Norton was is very insightful on that because he is somebody that has been through a lot in his oh, life. Yeah. So he he explores the darker comedy in a therapeutic way because that helps him cope with certain things that he's gone through in his life. And there's a lot of people that use comedy for that. So yeah. I don't. I mean. Are we doing a disservice to them if we take that aspect of comedy away? Or is it better to just go, oh, I didn't like that joke. I won't listen to this comedian. Yeah. It seems simpler uh, yeah, to just I, I ignore it right, rather than there's... always try and pull someone, like, uh, pull, tear someone down or ruin their career because you don't like what they do. And, yeah. you know, I've seen a couple like that. Like, there, there's also a really, I think, a relatively famous one with Patrice O'Neill before he passed. Mm. Um the Fox. I news. want to say was was it is a Fox or MSN? Yeah. It was on something, yeah. and he's debating some, and it's hilarious. He, they were yeah. talking about the Don Imus yeah. firing, yeah. yeah, because Don Imus got fired yeah. for referring to uh, a, a basketball team with as nappy headed hose. Like yeah. yeah, and he was defending. He was like, yeah. "Was he trying to be funny, or do you really think that he hates right these well, people?" You this, know, I was actually a, just talking about this on uh, on my podcast uh, about Tony Hinchcliffe. Yeah, so there's oh. this video of him. Saying all these racist things about the comedian that brought him on stage, and I said like, okay, well, I don't think Tony's a racist guy. I think what he was doing in that situation was trying to use like like that shock humor, trying to be like over the top and like shocking in that moment where you didn't expect him to go up there and start saying all this stuff. Do I think he did it in a funny way? I I don't, but I don't think that makes him a racist. I think that makes him just. I, Maybe I, he missed. I, he had a yeah, funny lit, joke. Yeah, he. I. I just don't think. I think it was a lazy way of going about it. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was. But a ba- it was a bad joke, and I don't think he was a harm. I was like, oh, he just shouldn't. Have, that was bad. Yeah, but but and it, that was it. Like I wasn't like, oh, he's an awful person. Like right. I was like, oh, but he shouldn't have said but that. But he. But he is also, and the reason his fans laughed at it because he has built himself up. He's built a following as being the guy that says the things that you're not supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're laughing at it because they're like, oh, that's Tony. Yeah. But I think he. And and that but that's the the line you walk with being a comedian that is is going to push that envelope yeah. is he knows he's not racist he takes care of people but he doesn't you know he you know it's not a lot of people sticking up for him and saying like this racist guy everyone's calling racist paid my rent 
during the whole pandemic. So, yeah. like a black guy, like I'm like, well, if you were Asian, it would have carried more weight. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's one of those things where I don't think he is racist. I think he was being, in my opinion, lazy uh, about that. I think there's a way to do what he did and do it in a funnier way, and st- yeah. and then you don't get people all fired up. But I also don't think you know if he's anybody that's mad about it would have never gone to see him anyway. Yeah. So, it's... and the people that are going to see him are, are going to go even more. Yeah. Like you didn't, you're not canceling Tony Hinchcliffe because of that clip. You know, yeah. it's almost like that, that, uh, and again, you probably won't get this, but the, the, the parental advisory, you remember when parental advisory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm not 14. <laughs> I remember parental. You're advisor. closer to 14. Yeah, than but you, you don't remember when it didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't remember. So, you, you, up when it you, you don't remember when it started happening. When it started yeah. happening. When I was a kid. Tipper Gore. Yeah. yeah it was like around. So Tipper Gore, God, what's that reference? That? Uh, that's Al Gore's wife. That was her whole thing. Her name was Tipper? Yeah. So, that's a sexual so It was probably around, what, 91, 92? Yeah, early 90s. Yeah. So there they, wasn't, a, okay, yeah, maybe I there am There was a time when now. this wasn't a thing. Yeah. And then also, <laughs> shut your 14-year-old ass up. <laughs> this is just in the U.S.? Uh, yeah, yeah, so. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. This is the same. So now, so, now I'm just okay. And this is obviously this is when NWA is becoming way mm-hmm. more commercially prominent. Uh, and, uh, okay, okay. So what they started doing is they started slapping parental advisory tickets, uh, uh, ticket stickers on CDs and tapes yeah. and all that kind of shit. And then like got to a point where not even just the sticker on there, like it had to be printed on yeah the like booklet. Mm. Oh, but it okay, had okay, okay. to your point, like like you just mentioned, like people hear that and then maybe they they, they hear the backlash and it'll yeah. cause them to see them more. That's yeah. actually what happened. It's exactly it what happened. More yeah. people were like parental advisory. Oh, I'm fuck definitely yeah. fucking buying that. Yeah. And it had the reverse effect. Yeah. Had they just left it alone and said just let people make their own choices. It was yeah. their way of kind of I don't know if that was like an early version of a social justice warrior on yeah. a, like a large level, but uh same thing with like censorship like uh in the eighties when uh when D Schneider from like Twisted Sisters like talking before mm-hmm. Congress about, you know, censorship and I am too like young that. for this conversation. Yeah, yeah it's cool. <laughs> but, but, but well but it goes but I mean, it's, it's all it's the, kind same of along the same yeah, line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it, g- going back to Congress talking about like metal music being like, Oh, this is Satan's music and its influence on kids and yeah, like D Snyder and all these different uh, uh like Ozzy's on trial because they say his song is the reason guys killed kids killed themselves or something like that. It was there was a, yeah yeah something yeah. like that and they're like you know it's at what how much responsibility do the artists have yeah at that point you know? yeah especially well, if they're artists if they're doing like you yeah. mentioned that comics especially as, as you kind of progress get older and you start utilizing some of your actual personal experiences like mm-hmm. like louis ck would do it all the time right his was so much about his actual yeah. life with his wife yeah so how do you tell somebody like in a that's writing a song that they're not allowed to write about a personal experience like mm-hmm. i think the aussie one I cannot remember. I want to say the song may have been called like "Suicide Solution" or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was something strange. Yeah, and uh, they were basically saying that there was it's that 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 old that that old uh, urban legend that if you played records backwards, there was yeah. like satanic a message, and yeah. they were saying that there was like hidden subliminal messages saying shoot yourself or some shit mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. That was the argument among the Aussie ones. But it was um, it, it was like like things like that. But how do you tell somebody if they're writing, because I think the song mm-hmm. itself was about not committing suicide. Right. The solution was not committing yeah. suicide. So how do you tell somebody that's putting something out there? And that you, I mean, yeah. I understand right. if someone misinterpreted it, but 
if you go to him and say, what's this about? Like, no, you got it wrong. It's about this because of this, this, right. this, and that. And How he's like, yeah, still, but we, we, we have to cater in case people don't understand shit. Yeah. You know? and, and it's one of those things where, like, they're – and that, that was dealing with kids and, and you know, it, it goes into video games too where, like, they, they want all this censorship to happen for video games and kids. But, again, it makes you want it as a kid. Yeah. You know, sure. GTA, when that came out – and they're like, oh, this is like the most violent game ever. It will make your kids into, you know, what, whatever they were saying. I'm just like, flew well, off the shelf. I got to get this game. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah. It's actually great marketing. Flew off the shelf. Flew off the shelf. And who knows? Maybe like, you know, the people that we were talking about earlier, like the, 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 the shock people were like, yeah. maybe that's the fastest way to get noticed in their mind. Right. Is Well, but they they also, they see somebody else doing it. They see an Anthony Jesum doing it. They see... Uh, you know what Pryor has done. They see what Carlin's done, and they think like, "Oh, I want to do that." I mean, you know, with Daniel Tosh, he pushes those envelopes, and I want to, I want to be able to be them. But th- there, there's a, a journey you have to go on to get there. Yeah. And then also, those guys aren't, you know, they're they're not the norm. They're special. Like you, you we've we've only had one Anthony Jeselnik. Yeah. Like yeah. we don't get one of those every couple of years. Like there's a lot of comics where you're like, Oh, this guy's great. And they, they have made great careers and, they, but they don't have that definitive voice. Like a guy like Anthony Jeselnik mm-hmm. or George Carlin or, uh, you know, Jerry Seinfeld, even whether, whether it's clean or dirty or shocking or not, you know, there, there's some people that just do it at a higher level. And you, you just got to understand that. Like you might not be able to do it at that level. Yeah. yeah. When I started, that was and like, that goes a, back to ego thing. Yeah. Anthony, Anthony Jensen, like, cause he started, he got like really like mainstream. Mm-hmm. I want to say like, again, like 2015, 2016. Yeah. So there was an, a range of comics. It was, uh, that was when I, around when I started. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was right around when he did the, uh, it was he, uh, thoughts and roast. prayers. Yeah. No, it, it, well for me, at least it was, he did a roast. He did a yeah. set on a roast. Oh. What roast was it? It might've been uh, Donald Trump. It was the one that Patrice was on. I think. Uh, it, it was Patrice the one roasted it, him. And, it was yeah. he. He had this joke, and this is what made me remember him yeah. too. Is uh, uh, Whitney Cummings was also on the yeah. the dais, um, and uh, he made a joke like, "This has been happening so long, uh, but before." Whitney Cummings was just a, a, a gleam in the eye of the man who raped her mother. <laughs> and the whole set was like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It was and it was, it was maybe five minutes, but it was yeah. a roast of somebody. But I don't even remember who the Charlie roast Sheen, was about. And my, Actually, yeah, it, it might have been Charlie, Charlie Sheen. Sheen. Yeah. Because he was it, writing it, on those before. Yeah. And it was the one where that guy from... Uh, uh, Jersey Shore was on it too. Oh, oh yeah, and he, and he was building. destroying him because yeah. that guy came on stage yeah. and he was like, he no. tried though. Real He's like, now the situation, great job by the way, because he just did yeah. a set. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, that's when I remembered him, and I think it was around that time. Dude. And then, then I started seeing him everywhere. At least I, for me, when I st- like when I started, I thought Edgy was funny. Like that yeah, was. Oh, I I still. I still think Edgy's funny. I still do, yeah. yeah. well, I'm not... I'm, I mean, in the level of to where you're new into it. Yeah. Like, a lot... Because a lot of the Edgy comics, if they're first starting, they're usually in, like, their early to mid-20s. Yeah. And they're starting off, oh, that's funny to me. It's funny to everybody else. Yeah. It takes a lot of people. Because I got less darker, because I was like, I'm not a dark guy. Yeah. I think, I think really fucked up shit, like, on stage is really funny. Mm-hmm. But I can't... That's not me. Right. Like, I... Just because I think it's funny... 
it, that's me laughing. I'm part of that audience. I can't perform that. Do you, I'm a silly man. Yeah. Do you think that comes? That's a good. That's an interesting. Do you think that comes out if you try to uh, adopt? A different persona that's different from you. Well, I think that's the way a lot of people start comedy. Is yeah. like you're going on stage and you're trying to you have an idol. imitate somebody that you idolize. Oh, good so, point. Yeah. So okay. like, yeah. and it goes every few years. There's a new comic that pops, and then there's a new batch of comics that come out, and they in uh, they imitate them. Like yeah. when I was starting, it was all Dane Cooks. Yeah. Like it was Dane <laughs> Cooks everywhere. Before I started, it was Tom Greens, mm-hmm. and then it you know the w- there's Kevin Hart era, and there's the, you know, all, like, even, and there's just last there's thing the Mitch too. Hedberg's there's always still. the Mitch Hedbergs, oh, there's still. the David Tells, there's the mm-hmm. the Carlins, where like, yeah, Every, like, people, everyone thinks they're Dave Chappelle too. Yeah. Oh, I could say, like, that's anytime someone talks about trans people. Yeah. They're like, oh, Dave Chappelle can do it. It's like, okay, this is a long conversation. Yeah, You're not going to understand. He's done, he's done it so well. Yeah. And he's, and he's done it for so long. He's, he's been, he started when he was 15 years he, he old. He didn't start That's like doing, buying a Lakers yeah. jersey and expecting to play. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. That's exactly right. And that's where people, like, so I had, uh, my daughter actually just hit me up and she's like, hey, I think I want to do stand-up comedy. I'm like, okay, uh, write some jokes and then we'll sign you up for an open mic. Yeah. And she's like, okay. Cause I'm just kind of like funny around my friends. I'm like, okay, write jokes. And, yeah. and like, she's like, but that's not how I'm funny. I'm like, if you want to be a comic, you got to write jokes. So you got to, you can't go up there and just try and make the crowd laugh the way you make your friends laugh. Yeah. Because it's not the same. It's, it's a very different situation. This is the first time you've had a conversation like this with her? Like, yeah, this is like, she kind of hit me out of the blue and I was just like, and, and I'm like, if she wants to write jokes and do it, then I'm absolutely all for it. Yeah. But she, she can't just go up. The, like I mean, she can do whatever she wants. If she wants to go up there and try, and be funny the way she's funny around her friends, that's that's great. Yeah. But it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like it's not you know, <laughs> situational funny is very different than being able very, to yeah. elicit a laugh in a in a on stage. I, I, that's, that's interesting. It's, it it, it's interesting because I was like, that's why I was like, is this the first time you've had this conversation? Yeah. Is because that's got to be one because it's, that's a little bit of like, it's fine that worlds are colliding, mm-hmm. but it's like, hey, because then it's get, it's the stages of someone that wants to do comedy. Right. It happens to be your daughter. Yeah. It's like, all right, get an open mic. And then like, let's say she does it for six months and she's like, yeah, these guys mean. You're like, yeah, a lot of comedians are dicks. <laughs> like, yeah, there's just little learning. And that's why like, I'm not even in. worried about any of that. Like, all I want to see is like, if she'll actually follow through and write some jokes down, hell yeah! And if she writes them and sends them to me, I'm like, I'll, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna be pretty hands off at first because I feel like that's, you know, like kind of more school of hard knocks where it's like, I know I can write jokes. I want to see if you can figure out how to write jokes. Mm-hmm. So if you can get, you know, get on stage and do this material that you performed, and and then it doesn't go well, and you have to do it again. And do it again and do it again. Yeah. Like that, like that first six months is important because either you know there's a lot of people they'll they'll do one set and they will bring everybody out that they know yeah. and they'll be like oh my god I'm so good at comedy and they yeah. show up at the open mic at LVT and yeah. they try and do the same thing and it's not a friendly audience and mm-hmm. they go well what happened? It's, mm-hmm. it's a gut it's, check. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a real gut check. Yeah, yeah, the, uh, I, yeah. The the. <laughs> I've had plenty of people come up after like shows that I'm at with him. Yeah. Like, I think I can do this, bro. I'm like, you can't. 
I don't even. Maybe they I, can, though. I always no, tell people that maybe they guy. can. No. I always tell them they Not this guy. His yeah. name's Jimmy Heronic. I'll say his full name. He came up. He came up to me after our second uh, second show, and, and yeah. like we went out after the show. We were at Red Rose. We we're yeah. sitting there having beers. He goes, I love Red Rose. he goes, dude, I can. I, he's like, I think I can do this. I'm like, let me stop you. You're not the funniest person at this table. Yeah. And actually, I hate a lot of your jokes. <laughs> I hate you a little bit. <laughs> You're that but Jimmy I, I Joe's actually, a big friend. <laughs> but I actually, that I sounds actually, like he's a real friend. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're like, but I, I don't actually, even like you. We're oh, just we're kind both of sitting friends. Everyone else at the table is like, don't. This is a fun. <laughs> I even said, you know what, Brian, the guy that I do the podcast with, he runs LVT. I can probably see if I can get you like mm-hmm. three minutes, like like next Wednesday, which was like four days away. And all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I mean, this week's bad for me, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got so much going on. That, that's the thing too is a lot of people when they start doing comedy, it's because there was something like like the people that continue doing it, they have almost an origin story where something bad happened in their life. And they go, well, let's try comedy. Yeah. And so, did you have something like that? Yeah, my, mine's actually pretty... Okay, mine, this is actually a minute if you want to listen. So... I'm here. This, this one's bad. <laughs> I love it, though. Like, it's me. So, I, 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 was, I was going to a community college. So, my uh, uncle. Yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was going to a community college, and uh, I, I, was, I, I was just like, didn't know what I was going to do. So, I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was good at school, but I didn't care. So, mm-hmm. I'm the type of guy that's like, if I don't care, like... It, Sure. If I don't care, You're like I don't emotions. put effort in. Yeah. yeah. So, but I'm going to community college. I start to get really depressed. So to get really bad. And uh, like all my friends are kind of just like pushing me off. Like yeah. I feel like they're taking advantage of me. I don't know what I'm doing at school. I feel pressure from my parents. I feel pretty isolated. I'm taking the speech class. It's really good. I'm killing it. So that's the, the only thing that you're like really enjoying. Yeah. So I'm really good at speech and I'm not even trying. And I did a speech. It yeah. was uh, imp- it was not an impromptu. What's the one where you got to, perf- it's a speech where you got to perform it. And then also like you give details and you show it. It's like, like, Oh, make a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Oh yeah. So yeah. you, you tell how to do it while you're making yeah. the sandwich. So mine was how to be Batman. <laughs> and I dressed up as Batman. I'm like, talk about, Oh, you need a villain who's like you, but yeah. he does, they don't, you guys don't know it because yeah. you're too stupid, but also very intellectual. <laughs> I'm talking about like the need, like, I was like, Oh, you need money. You need dead parents. It's fucking funny shit. <laughs> And I'm doing this speech, and the speech teacher's like, I'm, I'm all depressed, but I'm like ignoring it. And he, at this point, he goes, "You're good at speeches. Mm-hmm. Like you're 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 good at this. You're you, you're good. You know how to talk to people. You should get in the theater." I started to get more depressed, and it's the final. So the final hits, and I just I just don't. I was like, I don't want to be around anybody. I just I remember I got in my car and I was just like driving around like every day and night, mm-hmm. lying to my parents. I was going to school, show up at the house, wouldn't sleep, felt insomnia. And I, I just ignored my speech final. Didn't even text. I, I, showed, I missed like three weeks. It was like three weeks prepping for it. Didn't show up. And then all of a sudden, I was just like, uh, I, yeah, I got kind of suicidal. I, yeah. I feel like I was too big of a pussy to do it, but I still like felt it intensely. Mm-hmm. And then I just remember I was like, I think the only thing that's going to save me is finishing the speech. And I was like, I'm probably not like, uh, I didn't, the guy doesn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I didn't give, cause you know, you send like yeah, the, you professor, send, like, as long the pre-speech. Yeah. So I didn't even tell him what my subject was. So I show up the last day and the teacher just looks at me and like frowns and he frowns. And I do the last speech. I do like five minutes on like coming out of a hole. Mm-hmm. Like it's this whole like analogy yeah. of like Depression, coming out of a yeah. hole, being depressed. And I remember there was a Browns player's wife was in the class 
And I remember, like, I looked at her. She started, like, crying a little bit. And I wasn't being funny because the whole time I was funny. And it was yeah. like, oh, where's this guy for three weeks? Yeah. Just talking about fucking depression. And I was like, that's why I'm here. I was like, I'm not going to get graded for this. Yeah. I know I failed the class. I don't care. Yeah. I had to tell you guys this. I hope all you guys are good. Uh, I'm Brian. That's my speech. People clapped, and I just walked out. And then I was just like, and then some, some guy after the, he, like, like, ran to the car. And he went, hey, man. That speech was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, thanks. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be funny. <laughs> and I was like, everyone else thinks it's funny. He's like, no, just me. <laughs> but as I said, people have different things. And I was just like, holy shit. And, and I walked out there. I was like, man, I wasn't even trying to be funny. And that's when I realized, I was like, okay, but I am funny. <laughs> So then, like, I was just like, I'm going to start working at a bar and do some comedy soon. Yeah. And, then that's, and then I dropped out of community college. <laughs> and then I just started doing that shit. That's my story. It's that's really great. wrong. Yeah. I've never told that. Like, I told Brad, I think. And he was like, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> that's a pretty good reaction from Brad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, All that emotion. Yeah. yeah. I haven't got emotional um, talking about it, to be no, honest. No, that's like, great. Like, that's, that's a wonderful origin. That's yeah. a very, do you have an, so, anything yeah, that, like... Yeah, I mean, I... I, uh, he told Brian his speech was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I was listening to Brian's speech. I was raised Mormon, and so when uh, you're Mormon, you go on a Mormon mission. Mm. And I'm going to do a little bit of an abbreviated uh, version of this, but uh, it's I went to the Philippines for two years. And again, that was one of the things that I was great at. I was good at presenting yeah. in front of people. Yeah. So like, I didn't like being a missionary, but I was good at, you know... Like, I, I had leadership roles because I could give these good, you know, seminars to the different missionaries. I yeah. could talk in front of people. I even learned another language and could do it in two languages. So, like, I was good at making those uh, classes and stuff enjoyable. Yeah. The, those, those seminars, those whatever you want to call them. Uh, and I was funny with them. And so I, I was encouraged by that. Uh, partway through my mission... Mormons are real strict. I start breaking the rules. Start, like, my first beer I ever had was while I was a Mormon missionary. I lost my virginity while I was a Mormon missionary. Get caught, excommunicated from the church, sent home, and again, in a state of depression. Yeah. Because I just threw away my whole existence as far as I knew. Like, well, that's like, what I, you knew. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. So, like, I, I didn't know how to go out on my own. Like, everything that I had was tied to my parents and this religion and this, this whole situation. And I was just so lost. I was working for my dad. He owns a mason uh, contract. Like he's a mason. He's a bricklayer. He owns his own company. So I was working for him, and like my mom wanted me to go to college or something like that. And I was just like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do anything. Uh, and then I saw an ad for an open mic at the Rose Theater in Medina, which was like our, our old movie theater. Yeah. Had gotten transformed into like a performance venue. Yeah. And I was like, I could do that. I go on stage and tell jokes because I had like. Yeah. I knew how to perform, and so I, I wrote a bunch of jokes and went on stage and did okay and never stopped. Like, it, yeah. it, it, like the, the, even just doing okay in that situation was enough that I was like, this is exactly where I want to be. I want to be on stage telling jokes, and then it led to me being on the radio yeah. and just being creative and being funny on, like, a regular basis and, like, getting paid for it and making a living at it has been the only thing that, like you said, you know, I've had the suicidal thoughts too. Yeah. And and I want to say this though. When you say like, oh, I'm too big of a pussy to do it, it's not that you're too big of a pussy. Yeah. Um, 
what what it is is you do know you have something to live for, mm-hmm. and so that's because I've been I've been on that brink. Yeah, and I've been you know I've been there several times, mm-hmm. and you get to that point where like, do I want to end it? Do I want do I want to keep going? Yeah, uh, and you you know get you might even make a plan or whatever you might write a note whatever it is yeah and then you don't do it and it's and that's your way your body your mind telling you uh i i don't want to do this yeah you know you're talking yourself out of it because it's not because you're afraid of you you, you're not afraid you're realizing there is hope yeah and you're simultaneously realizing there's also a problem yeah. Yeah. So exactly. you're, you're, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, yeah. You're 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 coming to terms with yeah. that. Yeah. You're identifying that maybe that you don't want to do it, or maybe you're too afraid to do it. But the fact that you're even considering it, you're you're kind of I don't want to say weighing your options because that's not the right term, but you're 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 almost identifying on both sides. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to do it, but at the same time you're like, but I'm kind of okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. And also in those like depressed like in those like manic suicidal moments to where you contemplate it, you think about it hard, then like you're honestly, mentally, subconscious is telling me everything, you you find everything that's wrong with something to justify the fact that you don't want to be here anymore. But it's 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 always like one little thing. Yeah. Like it's one little thing that people don't like. That guy is saying, well, "It's, it's a know. little glimmer of hope. It's a little yeah. glimmer of light." Yeah, it's and a it's, little. And 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 what we realize is, when when we're that that glimmer of hope is actually the whole sun. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we're just in a dark room with the curtains drawn, mm-hmm. and when we go outside, you go, oh look, it's it's actually okay. But because we we can't find the handle, we can't find our way out. We can't find the curtains to draw. Like it it feels a lot more hopeless than it is, but it's not, I I think it discredits people when you say, you you know, I'm too big of a pussy to do it, but what it comes down to is, uh, I know that I have something to keep going forward. Yeah, yeah. So I I just want you to know that you were wrong. You don't. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't too big You should have done it. Yeah. 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 If we're going to take anything away from this is that you were flat out incorrect. Yeah. (laughs) It was not a... Yeah, like, man, don't I had to, man, I had to go to a lot of places that sound like I was being serious for yeah. <laughs> it's a good that one yeah. joke. The long-winded, <laughs> the long-winded way to let you know you that you were just fucking went, wrong. You're working on a lot of new bits, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a... Uh, actually, you might want another beer, buddy? Yeah, I'll do it. We have I'll plenty do of more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Joe, wait, real quick. Tell us your origin story to host a couple shows. To host a couple <laughs> shows? <laughs> shows. I don't know why you started the podcast. Yeah, why did you start the podcast? I mean, the same reason that anybody, I think, starts a podcast. Like, like for me, I was sitting with some buddies at work, and we just Mm -hmm. all day, we were sitting in the office, and it was a big, like, open concepts. We're all sitting there. I'm standing at my computer. We're all talking, and we're joking around all day as we're working, just about different topics. And I always liked really long form interview podcast those mm-hmm. are always still are yeah those are always just the, the things that i like so much because i don't think you can't get shit out of a 10 minute interview to be perfectly honest in my opinion right. i don't think you can yeah. at least well, nothing well, real and, and that's the thing like if you look at why late night tv shows aren't what they used to be is because why would you want to go see, see the guy that is in the movie you know brad pitt go and do the same set basically because i mean they're, they're they're asking the same question they're doing the same thing pretty mm-hmm. much yeah whenever he's going to promote a movie and like it can be entertaining but it's not 
intriguing. You're not really getting to know these people. There's still walls up. And I'm pretending that it's a yeah. spontaneous conversation that yeah. I'm having. You right. know, I mean, for, for me, it was. And you get uh, some of those moments when it's like sure. a, a more real. You know, I, I I don't know. I just always I liked it. For, I, I like doing this for a couple of one. I just I just I mean. It's sitting around meeting new people, drinking beer. Mm-hmm. How fucking hard is this? Yeah. yeah. You know, I like that. I do, uh, it's a, a kind of like a, a running joke that I had like prior to doing anything like this was, like, uh, I was like, before doing this, I was like, I'm like closing in on 40. I'm not going to make any new friends. I've actually <laughs> made friends from like doing this. Like people well, that I talk to. And here, here's what I'm going to say for you is like, you know, I know Brian has been your co-host for a couple of years now, oh. uh, but like, mm-hmm. You, you have built up an audience and you've done things consistently, which is a very – people don't understand the importance of consistency when it comes to podcasting. Yeah. Where they'll just do, you know, the, they'll be like, well, I did it for a month and we don't have that many listeners, so I guess it's done. Yeah. But you got to do it for, like, this and, – and also, why why are you doing it? Like, are you doing it because it's fun or are you doing it because you want to make a million dollars? Are you doing, like, you know, it's, it's, it's not a thing where it – is going to always take off but i feel like you have built a following and like you guys you know you yeah you guys I, do all right i, yeah. I, I think Thanks, so Bill. you know i i think we do have a mm-hmm. you know we get some consistent lessons you know we get you know it just i don't know it's a it's fun to do for sure yeah um i've literally been able to meet and stay and become friends with people that i never would have probably yeah. met and like i would say probably in the last 20 episodes too um it's becoming more even like of a referral. Yeah. We're like, you know, Tony Terrestre refers me to Ryan at Black Hat, who then yeah. refers us to OK Pants. Yeah. And then in a meeting and getting to know all these guys. And, you know, most people that come on, well, most, almost all people that come on here, I'm meeting for the first time when they walk in the door. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. I kind of like that. Yeah. I, I, do like I like it too because I know both of you guys. I'm like, okay, they're going to mesh. And mm-hmm. honestly, for a minute, I was excited. just sitting over here. Yeah. I was like, oh, these guys like each other. Well, and also, <laughs> they're getting along. They're you know, older than as, me. As it's soon fun. as we start talking about Rich, I'm like, he already knows. A, yeah. Because yeah. like, he and I have uh, done basically where we've lived half our lives with cell phones and yeah. half our lives without. Exactly. Yeah. Which yeah. is a weird thing for people yeah. that we're, haven't had them. We're, you know? we're uh, the geriatric millennials, is what they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, we're yeah. like on that cusp of. We understand like, both. We're Generation X, but we're not Generation X. Yeah. We're not millennials. Mm-hmm. So, like, they just call us. Uh, I mean, we, we've, like, we jerked off to magazines and internet porn. <laughs> like, yeah. We had both. And sometimes, I did jerk sometimes, off. Yeah. Sometimes I did, I'll go back to a magazine just for nostalgia. Right? I yeah. did jerk off to magazines, though, because I had to fight my I had to fight my sisters to go on dial-up, and I was just like, oh, I got that <laughs> Holly Madison magazine, that Playboy girl. Oh, shit. Oh, the, nice. My dad's like, why are the pages all sticky? And I remember I was 12. I was like, you should know. <laughs> I'm not going to say it out loud. Is, you yeah. should get I mean, this. I mean, are we bullshitting, Dad? Yeah, come on, come on yeah. dude. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that part's been fun. And just, I, I like doing it. I like... I, I like just kind of sitting here talking about their like rotating topics, just mm-hmm. about like I honestly like I mean we probably should we don't do a ton of prep for these because I think yeah. it's more fun and more organic. You just let to it just, see where it goes. Just yeah. talk about yeah. them. Sometimes we will. Yeah. But uh, I just I don't know. I enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I get to meet new people, drink beer, and just talk. I mean, like I didn't know that. So I didn't know that you grew up Mormon. Like yeah, finding out yeah. stuff like that and finding out like the process of someone who's been in this uh, comic game for 17 years. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy, you know, and, and, it's, and it's cool to hear. My process is probably a little bit different just because I kind of had to shift my focus when I got on the radio show. Yeah, It, it, it kind of changed how I was going about things, but it was not, I was also, you know, I saw like, I, I could have kept going at comedy 
full bore and, and probably done pretty well. But an opportunity to be on the buzzard in Cleveland. Yeah. yeah. Like WMS and like I love talk radio. Like you know, you talk about Jim Norton, like driving around the country when I was doing stand up, I listened to Opie and Anthony and Same. and uh Ron and Fez and like those were like like I learned a lot about comedy from listening to those shows and mm-hmm. then and then i started listening to podcasts and you know, bill burr's podcast and mark maron's podcast and uh just while i was driving around having something like th- those like became my friends basically uh because you're listening to it so much and you're like absorbing all this stuff so when i was able to be on a like afternoon drive talk show where i'm not gonna have to be up early i get to be home around my kids more mm-hmm. i get to do all the things that i want to do uh and still also like then switch my focus from not just performing comedy but helping build up the comedy scene in cleveland which i think is important mm-hmm. uh it it just really was like a no-brainer like yeah go do this because yeah. It's it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be interesting and you're gonna have you know and then also working with Alan's great because like we just get each other like we know he knows my strengths and weaknesses I know his strengths and weaknesses and we were able to work really well together and and then you know the cast has changed a little bit over the years but I mean we've him and I have been together for almost. Uh, over eight years now. And you guys kind of know how you're going to react. To stuff exactly. Too. This, this cast is really. You guys have really yeah. strong chemistry. Yeah. Very. I think it's also not 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 that you guys added like video and shit because yeah. that, that matters, but it doesn't. But just yeah. listening in general, this yeah. is very like it's always been a lot of chemistry. It's a lot yeah. of chemistry. Fuck's sake, Roscoe, up yeah, or the, down? The, yeah. the plumpy dog just thumping. <laughs> <laughs> my dog's part of my podcast too. Like my dog will like I do video on my podcast and like you'll just see her like pop up and just be like. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like Pay every time with, with Roscoe too, he just can't decide, and it, because of his, he's a, a little plumper. Yeah. Every one of our recordings, you can hear what sounds like a thirty-pound crap going up and down the steps. I love it. So yeah. what the? Uh, do you have like favorite? Like, what are your favorite comics? Like, I not, mean, Chappelle, not even, Chappelle's not, my favorite for sure. Uh, he because. Watching his HBO special, Killing Them Softly. Just, oh, my God. It, it's so it, good. Like, I liked comedy before. Because I, I grew up listening to more, you know, being Mormon, cleaner stuff. And so, like, I, I liked, uh, like, Jeff Foxworthy and stuff like that. I still think Jeff Foxworthy is one of the best comics. And, like, when people yeah. try to be like, oh, he's just... I'm like, no, he's a great joke writer. Totally. His, like, the way he writes jokes is just so precise. And he performs them well. And, like, he still has this joke... That I think of all the time where he talks about, it's called the Clampets Go to Maui. And he, he takes his family on a trip to uh, Hawaii. And he's like, you can't take rednecks to Hawaii. And like, all of a sudden, they're having the contest. Who can pee the furthest off the balcony? Which I'm ashamed to say my Aunt Eileen won. <laughs> it's like, so well written. You know, but it, like it's so like punchy and funny. Yeah. It's funny to hear you say like, because I think Jeff Foxworth is a funny guy, but yeah. he's never going to be, I think he's going to be one of those guys that are always going to be probably underappreciated, probably because of the blue collar comedy tour. Mm-hmm. And people are just like, oh yeah, but that's just stupid redneck crap. Right. But it, it's funny listening to, a comic talk about because yeah. you're 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 not viewing just you're viewing the entire 
compass of what he does well, the 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 delivery the yeah. joke itself the content but the, everything like but this you're is stuff that i appreciate from like when i was a kid like yeah. yeah i haven't heard that bit since i was probably 14 or 15 years old yeah and i still remember it because yeah. i just know like i i i had the the album games rednecks play which i got from columbia house uh and Dogs like back when you you know Columbia House, do you even know about Columbia House? I do not know Columbia House. Columbia House, you are so. <laughs> yeah. You knew you're, you're like. Do you even know? Columbia Columbia House. House. As soon as you said that, yeah. I'm like Brian has no fucking. No, no. Columbia House was like you'd you'd uh, do like mail order CDs, and so they, oh, the way they would God. get you Netflix is, for music. Yeah, but what you do is you you'd fill out this postcard, and it gave you like what you could choose from, and you get the first ten for a buck. Or like a penny or whatever it was. That's how they got yeah. you. But then you had to sign up with your credit card information. And back then, like, once they have your credit card information, they had, like, trying to cancel anything like that back then was a fucking it's, nightmare. Oh, my God. But <laughs> Columbia also, House ruined so many people's was, credit back in yeah. the day. <laughs> <laughs> but they also weren't that good at checking anything. So, no. like, <laughs> like, if you just sent them a card with anything filled out and your address on it, they would send you 10 CDs. You wouldn't get the next ones that you wanted, but you get the first ones. Yeah, yeah. Because they had them in bulk. Like, it was only, like, it was, like, 30 CDs that you could choose from. Yeah. And Jeff Foxworthy's one was on there. And so I, I had that CD and would listen to it again and again and again. Uh, and there's another bit where it's, like, there's a lot of things when, when you have a kid that you uh, don't know. Like, how many raisins fit in the tape deck of a Jeep? Yeah. Answer... <laughs> Two boxes, <laughs> like just silly stuff like that is, and it just stuck with me. So like Jeff yeah. Oxford is someone that I like. I should probably go back and listen to this stuff. But oh yeah, it's like one of those things where the, the, those jokes have stayed with me since I was a kid. Uh, Steve Martin, again, oh, like yeah. I listened to him as a kid, so I know them. But then it, you know Brian Regan, I got into right when I started comedy, so I love him. Did you uh, like Jim Carrey? Patrice O'Neill. I love Jim Carrey as a performer. His stand-up was always just like wildness. So like it was like it's fun to like watch. But I mean, I was definitely like Ace Ventura and The Mask were like on a loop and dumb yeah. dumber. Yeah, he wasn't the best. Jo- he was a an, he he was a just insanely good he, performer. He would be great to see live. Like to walk. Yeah. Like to to see him do what he used to do stand-up wise live would be incredible because yeah. you just don't know what you're going to get. Mm. But I, that's also when I started to realize like I had a different idea of what was funny because yeah. Cable Guy came out and it's this dark comedy and I'm like, oh, this is my favorite Jim Carrey movie. And I everybody love else that is movie. like, oh, it's, it's stupid. So good. I'd never understood why that movie got so much hate. I love that movie. I love it too. And people, so good. People hated it. And they'd be like, oh, it's so stupid. And it's, not, like, it's not even funny. I'm like, it's very it's, funny. It's really like, It's like... It's it's like I mean it's dealing with darker topics and mental illness and all this stuff, but like it's like he and then having like like yeah. the, like the Menendez brother type yes. uh, yeah. trial in the background <laughs> yeah. throughout the entire yeah. movie was brilliant. I can yeah. tell we've all been depressed before because we like the cable guy. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, for no. sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I I never to this I never understood why that movie got the the. They were like, ah, oh, that's where Jim Carrey kind of missed, but he yeah. did really well. Yeah. I thought that was one. Of, that's one of my favorite. That, ones. Well, that's yeah. when he showed that he had a whole different side to him. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, it, what it, I think it went: uh, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Dumb and Dumber, and so he's like riding high on these that are all just crushing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Cable Guy, which is independent where, too. 
Right. Like, was it independent? No, movie? no. Because, I mean, I, after it, those three, he ain't doing no independent. Yeah. yeah the, that was I, an I independent think it was a studio. Like, I thought was, it was like more of a, I don't know who directed I, I know it's like a famous. I think it was, well, Ben Stiller. It was Ben Stiller. I think Ben Stiller directed it. I think he, he might have wrote yeah, it. Because Ben too. Stiller was playing the Menendez, the Menendez type yeah. person. I think in the Stiller movie. might have wrote it, too. That's one of those things where you get back to like, like what's okay to laugh at and what's not. And when he's doing the the call and they're playing it during the trial and he's saying like I think they're, they're Asian. Asian. <laughs> they're speaking another language. I, I think it was Asian. <laughs> and then the whole time that they're playing that clip, Ben Stiller is doing the best acting I've seen in 30 years where he's just sitting there just like this in the courtroom yeah. shaking his head. He's like, I can't believe this is recorded. They killed my father. I think they're Asian. They're speaking another language. I think it's Asian. <laughs> I the just, movie is brilliant, and then the entire, yeah. almost like the, the the character itself, and then at the end yeah. when that guy clicks the light and there's a book next to him because yeah. everything goes out at the same time. Yeah, it was uh, there was almost like a, there was an underlying. Hey everyone, stop fucking watching so much TV. Right, yeah. like it was a brilliant movie. I thought yeah. the movie was great. I like that scene where they're uh, they're eating. I think they're at the medieval times or like yeah. the fair. Oh my god! And then Jim medieval Carrey's times, yeah. doing the. It was. It wasn't lobster. It was chicken. He's like yeah, pulling the chicken skin. And it, yeah, it does Silence the, of the Lambs. Yeah, he says that. The uh, movie is so I forgot the quote. funny. It was. Good uh, evening, yeah. Clarice. Hello, Clarice. Yeah, hello, Clarice. <laughs> so good to see you again. And, and then you could tell Matthew Broderick, Broderick, like actually was laughing. Yeah, I he, don't think he should have been laughing. I well, because that was the only take they had. Because that was something that Jim Carrey improvised. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's the thing too. So like you. Like, I just love comedy. And so, like, there's so many different things. And, like, when you love, co- like, there's a lot of things that I don't like when it comes to comedy. And, like, yeah. but I don't ever go, well, I think they suck. It's just, it's just not for me. Yeah, like, yeah. Eric Andre is someone that, like, people love. And I get why they love him. He just doesn't do it for me. But I'll still watch his stuff and laugh. Yeah. But it's just not stuff that I seek out, if totally, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, totally. No, yeah, and there's plenty it. of comics like that. Like, uh, Sebastian Maniscalco is, like... Uh, people love him and they like they absolutely love him and i like i have the, this weird thing where i'm like okay i don't think he's that funny and then i watch him like okay i get why people like he's funny as fuck he's yeah. so funny but it's also like it's it's not like he's not at the top of my list but i i'm like well it's still comedy and it's good and then like and then you get kind of like drawn in and so like like there's not a lot of comedy that i don't really enjoy I, like i'll find something yeah. to enjoy I love that you brought him up <laughs> Uh, me and my brother and my dad went and saw him at Hilarity. Yeah. Uh, probably like f- probably five or six years ago. Five years ago, about yeah. that. I thought he his entire. I thought he was amazing. Yeah. My my dad and it's it's funny because like as soon as my dad laughs at stuff, that's how you know things are pretty funny. Yeah. Because he's yeah. just not that dude. Yeah. You know he never kid. was. But man, he was in tears watching yeah. him. And he did this. Sebastian. He did a uh, this bit about the Tower City Mall. Yeah. He's like, you know, what you always tell when you're in a fucking shit mall. Like I walked into your Tower City right away. I was like, "Shit, mall!" <laughs> <laughs> and everyone—that's why I thought it was funny because he's not from there. Yeah, and he was able to kind of—he uh, was that's funny. He was See, very. That's a little. He trick. was very, very yeah. funny. Well, the, the, that's a little funny. trick. Like yeah. when you're working on the road and you want to, you know, get people in deer, you go, "Where's the, you know, where's the bad mall?" Oh, you go. Oh, what's the grocery store around here? And you talk about that, and you you got these kind of bits, but like, and and it's. It's genuine still because, like, he probably went. I mean, he's staying downtown. Yeah. He's gonna walk into that mall and see that it's a shit mall. 
uh, obviously, because it is a shit mall. Like when yeah, the fountain's off, the it's a shit mall. Like, all, the, all the improvements all over yeah. the city, they've yeah. really just ignored that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, nah, but, we'll get to that later. But it's one of those things where, like, with, with a guy like Sebastian, like, I've known, like, watching his ascent has made me incredibly happy because I've known about him since the, he was on the Wild West the Comedy Wild West Tour. Comedy, yeah. And, like, I've got friends that were on that and they did okay. But, like, he's the one that took off from that. So to, like, see him go from a guy that was, while filming that, still working, like, a day job, and then getting to a point where he is, like, one of the top-earning comedians in the country, mm-hmm. it just makes me, like, so happy. And then, like, I say, like, well, I don't really, like, some of the stuff that he said, I don't, I don't know if I, I like it. And then, like, like, wait, why am I saying that I don't like it? Is it because I'm jealous? Is it because, you know, you got to check the ego mm-hmm. again? Uh, is it, you know, some, some other person's reaction to it? Cause that can be something. And so then I, I watch it and I, and I just give it another shot and I go, Oh shit, he's brilliant. Like he's like his physical comedy is like nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, is it, you the, is it the, the, I find like, I, like, I don't think it's funny, but it is still fun. Well, Cause I, it's it, like one of those. So, sometimes I think we make up our mind about something mm-hmm. and, and go, well, this is the reason I don't like it rather than focusing on the reasons we do like it. I think yeah. we like, it's kind of the Nickelback effect, yeah. Where people be like, everybody's making fun of Nickelback, and then you go, well, actually, when that song comes on, I, I like yeah. that. Song. I like Photograph. Yeah. Like well, it's like what is that? Like, uh, there was a. It's so funny. The, there was a, a Chris Rock. I think yeah. when Chris Rock, when Chris Rock, I think he uh, hosted the MTV Music Awards when the Spice Girls were really, really big. Yeah. And he made a joke. It was just like the Spice Girls. <laughs> Have sold 17 million albums worldwide, and I can't find one person to admit that they bought it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's and so like and especially the Nickelback when you're, effect when you're like a comedian, like like and again, there are comics that like I just don't get, but like so I feel like a lot of times I have to kind of check my ego and be like, okay, why don't I like this person? Yeah. And then I go, oh, it's because I'm I'm feeling challenged by them yeah. in some way, and then I like let that go, and I go, okay, they're actually fucking really funny yeah and then like having like a broad appeal is that's a natural i I think that's a natural reaction yeah not even just it's probably the same reason i like country music like i just won't ever take that wall down yeah like yeah uh, yeah i'm always gonna hate that's a justifiable wall to keep up i don't i I don't think that that's a that's a even i don't even think it's a wrong reaction like if like say that uh like country music is bad well no i think it's when you don't like something but you feel like you have to tear it down that's when like and that's something that i've matured with over the time like where i used to want to like shit on country music and be like I don't. If you like this, you're fucking stupid hillbilly. I'm like, why would I? No, they like it. It's fun. They're having a good time. Why would I? Why? It doesn't matter to me. I don't think you no. can appreciate country yeah. music until you get older. And I, I don't think anyone. I. It just. Well, the reason I like country music is because I grew up in the country, and we like, like I didn't want to be there. So yeah. like, country music <laughs> reminds me of being in a place that I don't want to be. Oh, okay. So when someone's like, I'm, I'm in my truck by a river. I'm like, well, I drove a truck, and it was actually a fu- fucking nightmare because uh, there's, you know, it was. Rear, 
rear wheel drive and once it got icy out i just fucked yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so let's uh calm down about how cool it is yeah. to drive a truck. Yeah. So, yeah. i i, yeah. I, I pickup trucks are actually dog shit yeah. i know the reason why i don't like country music i used to go to con- country concerts like right out of high school uh-huh. and hang out with like all the kids from my high school would all go there and everyone would hang out in groups like from different grades yeah. and it was weird looking back it's like fucking weird but i went because i was like oh this is the cool thing this to is do. where people are going yeah i would go to the country concerts wouldn't know i think i saw rascal i went to like five country concerts and they're like do you like rascal flats i'm like nope <laughs> <laughs> i just saw someone get finger banged and that's really interesting to me because i'm still a virgin <laughs> just, and i would go and I then saw someone but it was finger- but all the people that knew like country they were all a bunch of like rich kids from avon mm-hmm. that would just listen to country and and then i stopped going i was like what the, i was just getting belligerently drunk giggling yeah. falling in grass yeah. that someone probably peed on right before i fell yeah oh, and i just i was just yeah. thinking about awesome, yeah i don't hate it because of that i just hate it because i was like oh the people like not, i don't hate the people that like country music but the people i knew that like country music well that's kind of shitty people yeah that's kind of why i didn't like because the people yeah. that i knew that like country music i'm like Oh, you're you're like the meanest people I know. Yeah, exactly. I was like, like they were like the biggest about, bullies. And you're talking about sunsets yeah. and PBRs. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm getting pissed off. First of all, you definitely laid in pee. I peed all over Blossom throughout <laughs> my doesn't. twenty year career of going I, there. <laughs> the one time I was sober, I just went pee. I was like, Yeah, I'm gonna be on the other end of this. The amount of times <laughs> I would just, just be sitting the there, just like, Oh, where's the bathroom? And so I'm like, Just go, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was always just a worker. Yeah. So I I just think you know like. It's important to measure the objectivity of situations. And, like, if you don't like something, there's because I mean, being on the radio, so there's people that love certain aspects of the show that, but they might not like, like they, they love Alan, they love Mary, they don't like me. And so they feel like they have to, like, try and tear me down. I'm like, but you're still listening. So I, I win either yeah. way. Like, you're not going to. A hundred percent. But, like, what I don't understand is when someone seeks something out that is, like, like radio is there. But like, it, like if you go after a podcast and be like, "Hey, I was listening," and then and what you kind of have to realize is like, "I listen to your podcast and it sucks," and I saw you do stand up and it sucks. And I'm like, "Well, yeah. why? <laughs> if like, you hate no, the podcast no so much, no why did you go watch there? <laughs> yeah. You do get a lot of fucking shitty fucking reviews out of nowhere. Oh, well, I'll listen to an episode. Oh, it's really funny, and someone would be like. Bad podcast, but, I'm, but then I'm just looking. I was like, you probably listened to the whole thing, then. <laughs> well, and, and what? Ha- like, because there are people that, you know, you you build up haters. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're, you know, in the, the bigger guy. you get, yeah. Like, and you, so, so there's yeah. a lot of people like, like when I started my podcast, like there was a whole campaign that somebody started to like bad review, but bomb my podcast. So I got uh-huh. like thirty bad reviews. That's the one I watched. Yeah, I yeah. saw that. I was like, and yeah. I'm like, well, then I'll just tell. Like, I didn't care about the reviews, but I'm like, well, I'll just tell people to review it for a little while so that yeah. it gets, you know, a better rating. But also, like, nobody goes to a podcast and sees the ratings and goes, well, I was going to listen to Bill Squire show, uh, but it's three to three stars. I feel like <laughs> most people also th- understand that, that, uh, um, Reviews are, I mean, especially reviews on like podcasts. Yeah. It's the same thing as Yelp. Yeah. yeah. Like if I go to a great restaurant, I'm like, I got to make sure I fucking Yelp about this. Yeah, yeah. It's just someone that's like, oh man, yeah. my fucking spaghetti was cold. That's yeah. and then it's yeah. then yeah, even there's... then I'm just like psychologically, I'm like, whatever, I'll fucking deal with it, man, and yeah. I move on. Yeah. The, there's a certain well, why there, you there's a spaghetti. You can make spaghetti at home. Yeah. 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 That's you. <laughs> for like three dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I feel, again, I don't think you understand math. Yeah. Think... No, three dollars for a spaghetti. Is the spaghetti's not three dollars. Yeah, it's about the sauce, like for a 
serving? Yeah. So if he's doing a serving, he might be onto that. Like, All right. If, you, if, 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 you, if I highly you break doubt, it down, you break I it highly down. doubt he broke down. No, no, I the did. The cost it's of the, sauce the, in the, the box is a dollar. The box is around a dollar, depending on the noodle. Barilla, yeah. Let's go with that mean. That's the average. Yeah. And then, yeah, a sauce is probably like what? Four When's the last bucks? time you bought spaghetti? Uh, I bought spaghetti uh, like probably like anything. two months ago. Okay. So Why, I how much is like, spaghetti now? I, I I feel like it's closer. Barilla, I feel like you're two dollars per a box. Oh no, I go to Aldi's. Did you go to Aldi? You're not getting Barilla at Aldi's. You're getting Balilla. <laughs> <laughs> well, Balilla, Barilla, Shamella. You're not getting you're you're ketchup getting name brand It's one the there. same <laughs> shit. You're, you're just getting their their Aldi version of it. That I, looks I, I love like a little different. Aldi spaghetti or the bag spaghetti and then with the sauce. But then do you add any meat to it? Do you oh add, no, no, no. I just make quick spaghetti. Just just spaghetti sauce and. And, and not even cheese? No, I don't. Okay, so I really don't add cheese. Sometimes if I have Parmesan, but I really... No wonder you're depressed. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I don't... Well, well I, ma- I do make a sauce. I put I put a can of tomatoes. Okay, so it's more than $3. I get it. Well, Fuck like, y'all. Well, all, but, like, but I'm saying one serving might be about $3. You're actually I, I think one serving actually might be $3. Yeah, that's because I do put like canned tomatoes in. And I, when, when I make the sauce, I start to get like a little food boner. I'm like, I'm going to make this my bitch. I'm going to put some shit it extra salt pepper oregano paprika I, that those fucking leaves i don't fucking know so sometimes i put spinach basil? in that shit is that what you're trying yeah to basil yeah. those leaves there's like sometimes i put spinach in that's it. long and clippings make, it melts with that's it. one of those things uh where I, i'm actually working on this bit about it and i'll just do it for you guys now because i just need to hear people react but uh uh when when people try to sell their family food to me yeah i i just it, it kind of puts me in that same mindset of like when someone tells me I'm going to like a song or something like that. I'm like, well, now I'm a contrarian. I have to hate this food. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, especially like with, with an Italian friend, like, oh, my, my grandma makes the best sauce. And I'll just be like, well, I'm, I'm about to hurt your grandma's feelings. Cause, <laughs> cause no matter how good the sauce is, I'm going to give her a backhanded compliment that just really uh, takes the soul out of her eyes. And goes, oh, hey, grandma, uh, this is great sauce. I like the way uh, it doesn't overpower the flavor of the noodle. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and an old Italian lady's like, I, <laughs> I want to go back to the mother. <laughs> That's go back. That's crippling for an Italian. Right, family. exactly. That's crippling. And an Italian accent isn't. See, you're not even hitting a hard nerve because mm-hmm. what, what if an Italian person goes, "Hey, you, you said it sounded like that." <laughs> you're like, "Oh no, I'm so offensive. I made you talk silly." Because <laughs> that's one. Th- I've realized that's one thing. Is like there are races like right now good job like, you can there are races <laughs> everyone's different <laughs> what's your favorite race um probably the, uh, there's that one marathon in boston asians <laughs> asians uh no there's a lot of like i forgot where i was going with good job yeah <laughs> I totally i've realized there are you, races you can, you can do different voices Different accents. Yeah, like but... like you can always make fun of like you could all like for right now like Pol- Polish people like you can make fun of a, well, yeah, in, a white in, race. In Cleveland, we're in a we're in a bubble too where Polish people will always be like, but stupid. you know, but here's the thing, <laughs> you you think that stupid, but uh, so there's we have this joke book that is from an old WMMS morning show. Yeah, and there was they would make Polish jokes, but there was a pushback from the polish community at that time oh no shit it's like the 80s so they would say and i i didn't know this when i first read these jokes and it said uh people of a certain ethnic 
background would be like their code for Polish people. But when I read it, I thought they were making black jokes, but it was Polish jokes. <laughs> so we like we go through these joke this joke book on the air one day, and I'm like, are they making fun of black people? And uh, I'm like, these these jokes don't make sense <laughs> to be like like they're not hitting the right stereotypes. Yeah. And then like an older listener is like, no, they, they, that's how they used to do Polish jokes. Is like people would send in Polish jokes, but they wouldn't call it they wouldn't say Polacks. They would say like a race of certain ethnic <laughs> background or whatever. And it was, it's, and then like, it made, it was so fucking funny. Yeah. Like, cause, because that's like in the eighties and you think like, Oh, there's not going to be any backlash in the eighties, but yeah. there was to the point where they, and they, and they found a clever way to get around it. Yeah. <laughs> to, to really screw with those ball locks. Yeah. <laughs> that was, we were, we that's were in so Charleston funny. two weeks ago and we did one of those historic, I don't know if you've ever been to Charleston. It's an awesome yeah, city. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful city. Um, one I love of the things, Charleston. That's a great city. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Charleston. It's it's a great, great, great city. We spent like three days there. The first day there was a lot of fun. The second day, I, I just couldn't put my finger on like, what is so different about this city? I don't get it. It's different. There's something I'm just not missing. And then, I, then it hits me. There's no black people there. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's like four. And like, we saw two of them. So that was cool. <laughs> but but uh, we did one of those historic tours. Because, you know, Charleston yeah. has a, a big, huge historic, like, I've been mean, going back to... Yeah. Three, four hundred years. It's amazing. Yeah. And uh, the guy that was giving the tour, he was awesome. He really, really was. It was mm. a beer drinking tour. We went to yeah. historic bars. But as he's telling these stories, he starts going into, and obviously uh, during the time, we wouldn't allow people of color in there. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know why that kind of just didn't sit well with me. Yeah. When he said people yeah. of color, I'm like, you're you're like a half a beer away from saying colored people. Yeah. And yeah. I really think or you just should say black stop. people. Like, yeah, yeah, say like, black people. Why? Like, yeah. And back at, they used to be racist as fuck, and so they didn't let black people in the bars. Now we do. They just yeah. don't want to come here because they're like, hey, that's that fucking racist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, like, I know it's a historical tour. Yeah. You don't have to speak historical, though. Yeah. <laughs> just say black people, yeah, buddy. Black people. Yeah. But he just kept saying, like, people of color, people yeah. of color, people of color. I'm like, yeah. are we going to stop him? Yeah. Or, oh, fuck. Because he's going to say it, and then I don't yeah. know what to do. He's going to keep going but yeah. it's interesting like people when you go to the south and you realize there's still like there's not segregation legally anymore but it still is it's still yeah it's, you can still yeah. tell there it's is the a, there, there, yeah. there's still some like well it's it's funny just like different places that you'll go like you that are especially like now that are like politically divided like like we make the joke about like different places even in ohio where we're like oh that's trump country yeah you know we were I, we were out yesterday with like a friend of mine from high school we were talking about where people live like out there but you know that's trump country mm -hmm. and it's not like far away it's 40 minutes away oh yeah and we've all been there <laughs> that's madonna yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or like we had a friend like in doylestown like yeah. lives in doylestown i'm like doylestown. well that's all of a sudden the story stops i'm like man well that's trump country and we're like yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So actually, for some reason, all this dumb shit makes sense now. Yeah. It, it, but it, it's 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 stuff like well, that. But there are parts of the country that are, and I think Charleston's one of them that has like a, like a heavy, a very heavy like like slavery historical background. Oh yeah. yeah. Like incredibly heavy. Yeah. And I think the our well, tour guy was, was a big part of it. Was, <laughs> <laughs> was, was Charleston the when when they split off? Was that where they made the capital, or was that? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. But yeah. I remember oh this. no, I think uh, I can't say for I, th I want to say Virginia, but I, I'm not really sure. Yeah. He called. He called me when when they left, and he told me that story. Oh, that's right. And I was like, "Did they have a lot of tiki torches over there?" <laughs> He's like, "What?" And I was like, "Oh, sorry, bad joke." <laughs> but it was like the first night I was there, uh, and it, it was it was a really cool town. The weather was perfect. The uh, the architecture is amazing. Yeah. Like it's because it, they have a very 
a very strict like remodeling anything like restoration well, like they don't like which don't works yeah. and doesn't work like because yeah. buildings will just fucking like just Fall rot down. in front of yeah. everyone they're like no yeah. no no it's historical like historical. it's a pile of shit yeah. fucking knock it down <laughs> but then other times like you know we're walking around and we're seeing some of the the architecture is beautiful it's mm-hmm. like stuff you won't see anywhere else yeah and then the colored people thing have you been to have you been to savannah <laughs> oh we were just there yeah. like two months ago savannah yeah. georgia yeah, so savannah georgia is yeah. very like like just such a unique city where it's like when you're walking down on that riverfront, or the oceanfront, whatever it is, oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like you're like, oh man, like this, this feels like I'm back in time, and yeah. it's very yeah. cool to to go into mm. those like little shops and little bars and stuff like that, and like it's original brick and stone and it's, like, some of it's amazing, and, yeah, and like I and I appreciate they preserved that because like it's you know that that stuff gets wiped out all the time you know oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's nice to preserve that cleveland stuff. is an old city but it's been remodeled constantly like there, we oh, have some over great, and over and over we have again. some great yeah. buildings but yeah. there's like like a lot of the 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 cool stuff is is has been you know pushed down and destroyed and or for sure. or yeah. just abandoned yeah, completely. Abandoned, yeah. it was funny about savannah is that they actually a lot of people down there speak of savannah like it's a person yeah so like uh uh, That's a good way to we, we didn't have a... We, we were actually driving up from Florida. We were visiting mm-hmm. my wife's parents, and we were like, you know what? This drive's horrible. Let's take Break five up, hours yeah. off this and stop somewhere. Like, And we are like, Savannah, I've heard it's a great town. We had a ton of fun, but we mm-hmm. didn't... Have a lot of time to plan. I'd like yeah. to go back and like like plan. But the the second day that we were there, we were doing kind of like a cocktail bar tour, mm-hmm. and I I don't know why this kept happening. We kept running into the same hammered sixty year old man <laughs> who dressed like a twenty eight year old. <laughs> oh, yes. oh, it's Savannah's yeah. version of that Strongsville Mall guy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Yes. It was that guy. Yeah, was yeah. every bar we went to, we're like, oh, this is pretty cool. Look at the this fucking guy's here. <laughs> Hell yeah! And uh, the the third time, like we saw this guy, we walked in, and I mean, it's like, it's five p.m. on a Sunday, yeah. and this dude, it's like he's in like, like he combined Mardi Gras and Patty's Day and yeah. New Year's Eve in the same fucking afternoon. He could barely <laughs> speak. But he like we walked in. He was like, "Come on in." He didn't work there. <laughs> He's like, "Come on in, have a drink. We don't give a fuck in Savannah." And I'm like, "I'll just go sit over there. Thank you. Can you? Where are you going next? So yeah. I don't go there." Yeah. Oh, you just brought <laughs> Everywhere along. we went, we ran into this, and he was like, he had like like a a far too decorative shirt. He had on one of those like leather blazers. Oh, nice. His hair was. <laughs> Gray hair, but it was too long. Like yeah. he he was just he was just like I'm gonna long grow it out, and everyone's yeah. like, "Don't do that." He goes, "No, I know what I'm doing." <laughs> and then he grew his hair out, and he was with somebody who was way too young for him. Mm. <laughs> I mean, to the point where not even like young daddy. girlfriend. Yeah. Like I was like, "Is that like your granddaughter's friend?" Yeah. But yeah, he just kept. Like yeah, we don't give a fuck in Savannah. I'm like I didn't ask, but continue. What what if what if that guy was just because Savannah's a ghost city? What if that guy was just a ghost? <laughs> That's the ghost in. It was the drunkest ghost I've ever seen. Yeah, a ghost in. Uh, Twenty-year-old clothing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, oh no, that's just that's just oh, dead yeah. Paul. He was hurt. He was probably wearing hundred-dollar jeans. There's no way he wasn't wearing an yeah. affliction tank top yeah. under that shirt. Like, <laughs> he, that was just he, that dude. He only haunts couples. Yeah. Uh, from Cleveland, that's what's <laughs> happening. Yeah, he's the, he's the Strongsville Mall guy of Savannah. Yeah. <laughs> Which that guy's the. I love that guy, but I like. Do you know about the Brook Park Unicorn guy? Uh no. So it's this guy. Uh, he's he's got like a really tight fucking like purple short sleeve shirt. He's mm-hmm. a very skinny guy, blonde hair, 
um, like like short pants, and he always carries like a unicorn, and he mm. like puts it like across the table and talks to it. And I actually I was because because on the Bill Squire show, AJ DeCosimo is the co-host. I was talking to AJ about him, and AJ goes, "Oh, I interviewed him years ago." Him and our buddy Andrew interviewed this guy, and I was like, "Is he actually crazy?" To go, oh, this guy's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> what they what, interview him for? What? Uh, I don't know. I well, think AJ just... was a intern at TAM, and they also, I think for ESPN Cleveland too. Yeah. So I think he probably something for that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it was just like I think he was just like a, like a like a write down interview, like a, like a, like an article for not a newspaper, but <laughs> something like that. But this guy it was is just so I, I I used to see him at the Wendy's on like Brook Park Road. And I just, I, I love, I'm not, not a lot of people know about him, but I think it's, I grew up in old Brooklyn, so I know. He need, people yeah. over here, like, People don't. need to know about him, yeah. Yeah, people yeah. do need to know about him, and well, read AJ's old fucking art. Soul, let's have him on. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds amazing. It's fucking awesome. You might want to do that, do that one over Zoom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you should know our yeah. address. Yeah. <laughs> So where uh, where can people find your uh, your your show? Your, your... Uh, the podcast is the Bill Squire Show. It's on YouTube. It's on iHeartRadio. All the different podcast apps. Uh, the, the Alan Cox Show is on uh, one hundred point seven WMS every weekday, two to six thirty, uh, and then we podcast that as well, and also put it on YouTube. So it's on all those different apps, and uh, then uh, that's yeah, that's pretty your much album. what I'm focused on. The we're, album's going to be on all the different uh, like iTunes and Spotify and all that stuff, and that comes out July twenty third. Okay, well, we're more of a VHS household, so oh, if yeah. we get one of those, I'm going to do vinyl for it, too. Yeah. Uh, in the, vinyl would be cool. Yeah, I'm going to do vinyl in the, like, a, closer to Christmas. I'm going to do, like, an initial, like, digital release and do vinyl down the road a little bit. Nice. Oh, I like yeah. you're a vinyl guy. That, yeah, that's good. I love vinyl. It's yeah. Fun. I still haven't got my first vinyl. I have a vinyl. I have a... This summer, this summer yeah. we're taking you to get your first vinyl and taking you to your first strip club. Yeah. You've never been to a strip club? Never been to a strip club either. Huh. Actually, I'm, I'm uh, holding uh, off what, the, What's her name? Uh, Bridget wants to Bridget come. wants to, t- wants oh. to go Let's out Let's make this us. a fucking party. I lose my yeah. strip club virginity. Yeah. That's going to be the reunion. Like, we just do the for the podcast. We have a party. She came on. She was a lot of fun. We're like, we're going to take Brian. And I messaged her after. I was like, hey, it was a lot of fun. Here's a kind of a fun idea. Why don't you join us? We'll take Brian out to his first strip club in the summertime, and then we'll... Do another episode and just talk about it. And she's like, I'm fucking in. I'm like, that's surprising. <laughs> yeah, never been a show. I, wa- I, sure. I want to go, but also I don't because I know. It's we'll just going to be a nice be me getting yeah, a we'll dance. Go, we'll I'm... go fun, have fun. And like, okay. And honestly, the best part of going to a strip club, like, yes, there's naked ladies there, but it's about hanging out with your friends. Yeah. If you go to a strip club by yourself, it's the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> Also, if bar. you're if you're like a like a like a student of dance like I am, it's really, you, you really appreciate it. Like, oh my god, that yeah. girl's moves are amazing. Yeah. I kind of wish she'd put her top on. Yeah, you're distracting from the. All you're, your, you're ruining your the art. Yeah. <laughs> well, cool, man. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah, it. This, yeah, was this, fun. this is a lot of fun, fun yeah. man. You're I'm glad we finally yeah. got. We were supposed to have uh, Jake Van Warmer on. Oh, he had a COVID scare, so he can't come on. Again? Yeah. Uh, any, 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 <laughs> how do you have a COVID scare? You get vaccinated, you'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. Just get vaccinated. We had a couple. We've had yeah. probably three. I mean, but I, I've had scares, but I'm not talking But like, in May of 2021, <laughs> you're having a scare? Come yeah, that's on. just laziness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my sister did get COVID, though. She she uh, she got vaxxed. Yeah. And But she was like, stay away. I was like, yeah, but I think it's... 
because the vaccine lowers the chance of getting it being in like, hard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it lowers the chance of you spreading it. Yeah. And she was like, I don't care, though. We get it. I was like, yeah, I get it. You're smart. I'll, I'll just stay yeah. away from you. <laughs> That's probably for the best. But yeah, no, this was fun, Bill. I'm glad Thank you came you. on. And good luck, Jake. I hope you make a full recovery. I also, I got I got on the funny bus tonight. tonight. Oh, you are? Yeah, I'm on officially. Oh, great. Tell me about that. You've so, been talking about that for a while. So I went on it. I saw I saw that you were on it with John Armstrong yes. hosting tonight. So he will so so it's it's more just a one guy thing. I yeah. just went there just to check it out. Because yeah. originally he the uh Dean mm. who uh who runs it in yeah. Cleveland, um, he hit me up. He was go he went to East End mm. when it was happening, probably like late twenty nineteen. Yeah. Like a year, almost a year and a half ago at this point. He was showing up to there, he showed up to L V T, found out I was running it. And he likes me, and then we, I like me, John, and this uh, girl, Julia O'Grady. Uh, she's really funny too. She got us all on it, and then I kind of backed out for a minute. I was dealing with like family stuff, so mm -hmm. I was just like, "Hey, I kind of felt overwhelmed. I'm like, I need to back up. I need and to." And then you show up today and be like, "Hey, this is what it's like coming out of a hole." Yeah. <laughs> But I hit him up like a couple weeks ago because he was like, I still really want you on. And I was like, I will fully commit. Like, I'm not going to back out or anything. I'm not going to flint the situation. <laughs> but I was, I was like, yeah, no, sorry. Like, I told you I was out. I, if you want me, I'm back in. And he saw me today. He goes, you're in. So I'm gonna do that. And cool, that's man. Cool. That's cool. And How did he, it go today with uh, John? John, John murdered. Did yeah. John? It was so. John, so John explain murdered. to what people, to people, what this is like, and and kind of tell me what it is. So, so, so you go on uh, funnybus, uh, funnybus.com, and I think Cleveland. I think the other one's in Charlotte. Yeah, North Carolina. Yeah, because I think Dean's from down there. Yeah, yeah. Him and his yeah. sister run yeah. it together, and she's really cool too. So, so you go online, you get tickets. I believe like twenty dollars a ticket, mm -hmm. and you go on the bus, you bring your own booze. Um, that's great. Uh, it goes like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, there's multiple times on Friday and Saturday. I think it's like, like uh, seven and nine. Yeah. Or All right, these are not the details. On yeah, what's like? What, what, is what does John do? Oh, it's pretty much a tour of Cleveland. Okay, and we like you tour Cleveland. <laughs> And You're like, what kind of bus is it? Yeah, making oh. model. What is, oh. What's the tire pressure? <laughs> the engine was solid. <laughs> okay. Is it diesel? It's diesel. It is diesel. It's diesel. How many years' experience does a driver have? Uh, <laughs> fuck, Jolly oh. the Trolley. Yeah. <laughs> so they drive around and they go they to drive different around, uh, historical places. Yeah. And does John make, or will you make jokes about? those places or do you do your own set like kind of kind of just make jokes about the places just give people a good experience yeah so, so you do like tour guide stuff yeah so it, yeah. it reminds me of like when i went to la uh when i was like 20 or mm -hmm. something and i went with family and we went on that bus and there was like an entertainment bus it was like yeah. like it reminds me of no, like this is good this is uh my, my buddy does a pizza tour thing in new york and so like he'll take He's a comic, but like his day job is going on pizza tours, and so they'll go to all these pizza places in New York City, and be like funny about that. Like now, we, what what I've done in the past, there's this guy. He had a uh, like a big army bus, the tank, or yeah, the, yeah whatever. Yeah, that I heard about yeah. that. So like we loaded that up with people, and he'd drive to different places around Cleveland, and then be like tell jokes and. I would just tell jokes like my set, like I do my set there. Yeah, and it was actually still really fun. Mm -hmm. Just it was just different, but like I didn't know if like you're gonna be doing a set or just like kind of commentating on the place you're going to. Yeah, it's just so like John, for example, I needed to see John do yeah. it to get a little bit of envy. Yeah, I needed to be like, okay, John's killing this. This it's like that little fight. It's like I can, I want to do this yeah, now. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll go, I'll go watch John. I really want to do this. I'll go watch John. 
John, and then John does great. The audience was, yeah, it's it's Do a lot of jokes. Your expectations though, because you're not gonna do as good as John. <laughs> no, well, yeah, 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 yeah. John's really funny. But, but I'm saying like, there's like a, it was a Sunday crowd too. Yeah. I'm not a Sunday guy. I'm more of a Friday night guy. <laughs> On a bus. I don't know what that means, but yeah. you're right. Yeah, I am. It's okay. But no. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyone that sees you on Sunday, don't expect a whole yeah. lot. Don't expect anything. Friday well, I, night, Brian's at his best, but yeah. Sunday, Sunday morning, I'm no. Very tired from Friday. I don't even know what's going on. I know I got to record a podcast later, <laughs> so I'm lost. Um, but no, yeah, it's it's just it's a tour through. It's uh, yeah, it's John, me, and and Julio Grady, and it's it's yeah, it's a tour through Cleveland, then Tremont, Ohio City, then back to the Flats, and back to Cleveland. So Cleveland. Okay. Just Cleveland, yeah. <laughs> Not Lakewood, no. Just yeah, Cleveland. Just Cleveland. Cool. It's really, it was awesome. really fun. It's really I, fun. I, yeah, I want to check that out. Absolutely. I do want to check that out. Yeah. I know you've been, you've been talking about that for a while about possibly doing it. So that's yeah, cool. we were talking about it, and uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm back on, so I'm like, fuck yeah, pretty stoked. I'm doing a similar one. What do you? It's this? a competing tour bus with UFC fighters. No, just. It's a bunny me and, fuss. Just yeah, me and that, that guy I mentioned. That guy I mentioned earlier that with the college that that really wants to do comedy. Jimmy, it's just me and him. <laughs> people don't even sign up. We ride around and ask people if they want to ride. <laughs> so it's, it sounds uh, it sounds like a bad softcore porn thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh yeah. The band. It is not successful. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're building an audience. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, that's, uh, what else you got coming up, man? Shows? Uh, Dina's is coming back. Uh, nice, I believe. Man. Uh, more details included, but I believe it's going to be the last Monday of June. I'm cool. not sure. We're still figuring out details. Uh, I believe it's going to be the last Monday of June All right. right now. If anything changes. And then everyone stay everyone tuned know. for Brian's first strip club experience. That's oh, yeah. Dude, I want to go on that trip too. Let, I, I, if, if it's going to be a little party, Oh, it'll be even I'm, funny. I'm now very... it's going to be Bridget and Bill, and it, yeah. this, this will be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's honestly probably going to be funner that it's just all of us. You know us. what? Fuck it. Call Marty. Let's just yeah. Marty. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> let's bring Marty. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, let's bring Marty. Be the Marty. weirdest strip club experience. Yeah. Are we going to make this a Facebook event? Yeah. <laughs> like a private Facebook Some girl this, walks up to we're Marty. We're going to make this a crime. <laughs> <laughs> Marty will be the, the walk up to Marty like you want to dance he's like yeah. you got Orange Crush yeah <laughs> Marty's like uh, do you want to dance he's like uh, actually I have erectile dysfunction because of my pills but okay yeah. <laughs> two days later Bill's gonna be like Marty now you gotta ban yourself from this strip club <laughs> It's just hey, new casino. He walks up to every stripper. I'm banned from the strip club. <laughs> Next stripper. I'm like banned from the strip club. She's like, just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you're well on your way, sir. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end on that, man. So, Hell again, yeah. buddy, thanks for coming in. Thank man. you, guys. Appreciate it. It's a lot of fun. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs>